Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Have your thighs ever chafed? Chafe is no joke, but thanks to Megababe, it's also no problem. Megababe's Thigh Rescue glides onto skin so that chafe is a thing of the past. Experience what 10,000 five-star reviewers rave about at megababebeauty.com. You know, I never had a J-Lo thing. Mm -hmm. But oddly, the single most vivid sex dream I've ever had in my life was with J-Lo. Really? And she, I was her kept boy up in the penthouse, and she would go do <laughs> interviews and just come back and... Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkins from Cinema Sins, joined as always by the voice of Cinema Sins, Jeremy Scott. Whoopow! Whoopow! Mm-hmm. Whoop crack with your whoopy tail. <laughs> <laughs> from music video sins, we have Barrett Share. Yes. Whoopow! And from all the things, Aaron Dicer. <laughs> Idly hey, hey. host, hey. Um. Today, uh, we're going to be doing another installment of the best of the years we've been alive, and this will be 2019. Girls are gonna be up your vagina next year. Every time I come to visit you, you're gonna be scissoring a different girl. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I am gonna go. We did this the first time ever. We have uh, uh did pr- did some prep. <laughs> I know. <we're> actually <laughs> organized here. <laughs> Thanks, instead Aaron. of instead of like writing down a list of like I think yeah let's let's mention that one. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, we 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 narrowed this list down to. Uh, top box office mm-hmm. award nominations, and then we threw in some wild cards. Mm-hmm. So we're we this won't be like the big comprehensive. We don't have any time to do this type of thing. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go up and down this list. I'm not going to go in any particular order, but I'm going to make sure that we kind of get to this list that we're doing here. Um, I'll start off with Avengers Endgame. That's a, mm. a very, uh, I mean, that's the populist one there that made a million, billion, thousand, hundred, <laughs> zillion dollars Seems of some like sort. Seems like it came out five years ago at this point. It really it does. does. It really does. <laughs> like, it feels like, what was it, May? Yeah. It feels like two years ago, this movie. Dude, I, I've seen this movie way too many times for as little as I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the question, right? Like, how has your view on it progressed in that distance of time that it's felt like it's been it's out like, there? It's a wilting bone. Yeah, it gets yeah. more average the yeah. further I get from it. Yeah. Now, conversely, does Infinity War go up? Yes. Right? Isn't That's the same thing I'm feeling, too, is mm-hmm. like Infinity War just keeps growing in my estimation. In Endgame, I'm just like, eh. You know, I mean, it, it's believe me, I sat in a crowded theater opening weekend and hooted and hollered with everybody else. It was like a sporting event yeah. uh, and it was fun. 
but as like a as like a movie, it, yeah, it just kind of has diminished since then a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they yada yada a lot mm-hmm. in that movie. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah lot, a lot, a lot. I think they generally stick the landing in that in that movie, but it's uh, it's just yeah. It I never never got that excitement that I had from Infinity War. It's just it. as fan servicey as uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Rise of the Skywalker. The yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, they have the same beats essentially, and they go through the same similar confusing messes to get to where they want to get to. I end. feel like. Ultron, the movie Ultron, Age of Ultron, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. showed us more Tony figuring out how to create Ultron than Endgame showed us Tony figuring out fucking time travel. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. And, you know, it's just, it's a big, that's, that, that's just, that's the biggest yada for me. Not even how the time travel works, but that he just, he just goes, oh, I'm going to solve it tonight. Yeah. I'm going to go in this one room and give it a good four hours and I'll solve this shit. That just yeah, yeah. And the movie has to be that way, right? Because they've got so much to do. Yes. They have to move so many chess pieces around to get to where they want to go mm-hmm. that there has to be a ton of convenience. There has to be a ton and of And there yada, also yada. has to be a ton of not very important, like right. Rhodey on the planet from Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. I could give a rat's ass about that. Uh, because- and, then, and then that, you know, they throw in Captain Marvel, which that was a famously like, you know, had to put that in at the last minute yeah. type of type of thing the reason why she's only in it for the beginning and mm-hmm, the end because mm-hmm. i think what i think they didn't even have the idea of captain marvel in the universe for like until they started making this movie almost. oh really i think that's what it was do you hear did you hear that well i think that simultaneously they were developing the captain marvel storyline along with the kind of the end of this you know infinity saga timeline and so i think they were trying to figure i think if it's possible if Marvel had gone differently, hadn't you know, if it had been a bomb or whatever, that maybe they would have shifted some stuff around. But I, I mean, I think it was part of the plan, but it was like a consecutive plan, from my understanding. Mm-hmm. So. It might have been awesome if they just never had a Captain Marvel movie, and then she just shows up. It would have been. That awesome. might have been <laughs> cool. Absolutely, would have been awesome. And then they can do the Captain Marvel movie later, especially since that's it's all point. retro anyway. Yep. Yeah. No, that's a great point. That's that's interesting. Anytime like you that. introduce, it's a, it's a very similar problem. Uh, in a film with many problems with Justice League, anytime you introduce a Superman or Superwoman character, you have to diminish his or her powers in order for them to fit in. Mm-hmm. And I do think it bears mentioning that of the, the landings that were this year, the Star Wars landing, the Game of Thrones landing, and the Avengers landing, I, I do think it's the best of the three. Like for I sure. think it sticks the landing better than those other two it's a hard thing to do someone on facebook was asking me about why the rise the rise of skywalker ending they didn't stick that as as well why was it that they didn't stick that one as well as endgame got stuck you know got stuck um uh but uh and i think it's because uh just think about how old star wars is now it's 42 years old it had a trilogy 77 to 83 uh, then like it was gone for, for a long time and George Lucas comes back and he makes his self-serving prequels essentially. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and then ownership of star Wars, uh, transfers over to Disney and to other filmmakers. And they're trying to take off from basically from something that really hasn't been written yet, really. Mm-hmm. And everything, and I don't think they knew exactly how they wanted to go. They couldn't have, considering J.J. Abrams started it one way, Ryan Johnson went another way, and then J.J. Abrams tried to rein it back (laughs) in. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, and I think that's just basically the reason why. Like, Endgame had 11 years of consistent films all the way through up to that point. Which and- is why I like the I like the rumor I'm hearing that's probably not true, that Kevin Feige might slip over from Marvel and take the reins of Star Wars and guide them over the next 10 years. Um, and, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we really have to give him as much credit for the MCU films as anyone else because mm-hmm. um, they all have different directors for the most part. The Russo brothers get a lot of credit. I think I think the actors and Robert Downey Jr. should get a lot of credit, but he's been shepherding this thing this whole time. And where Rise of Skywalker fell apart was there was no shepherd. Yeah. There was nobody when they made Force Awakens who knew what the next two movies were going to be and who was the boss of the directors. I think there needs to be an official title for that person. I think in the like with expanded universes and uh, you know content, mm-hmm. I think that we will see like the introduction of not a director but like a uh, I mean executive producer technically would be one of those titles, but something more specifically that means shepherd. You know that means you know executive shepherder. Shepherd. Let's go with shepherd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, shepherd uh, so because because you're the shepherd because yeah. you're right. It is the key difference, and it is, the, I think, the main thing that gives the MCU the glue yep. to kind of stick together that Star Wars did not have. Yeah, and honestly, when Iron Man came out, I didn't know who Kevin Feige was, <laughs> uh, but he already had some elements of this plan in place, a lot of them. I don't think they figured out Endgame you know, right at the beginning, <laughs> but you know, they knew they were going to go Thor, Captain America, and, and Iron Man, and, and yeah, I don't feel like the, the, these last three Star Wars movies had anybody in that role, which is why we get pandemonium. It's almost like, I bet you Ryan Johnson and J.J. And Abrams like each other just fine. Sure. And they could sit and have a drink just fine, but they... With their movies, they were kind of having a pissing match, mm-hmm. and it was a tug back and forth, and no one really wins, and so all the viewers lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened with that. I don't. I mean, I'd love to hear the story, the behind the scenes, and all that. Is there anything in development, Star Wars wise, now? Well, well a lot of rumors. They pulled that Obi Wan for show. It, there's, it, well, they, they supposedly they didn't pull it; they just delayed it. Right. Um, but movie wise, I don't know if there is anything. It's a constant. It, they've been constantly like, "We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this." And they've had to like fire directors, and they've had to they've pulled back from certain things. Well, they and, brought the Game of Thrones guys on to do a trilogy, and then they yeah they very went to quietly Netflix. backed away from that. Yeah, that's, they were like, that's off. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's they, officially they off. They took a deal from Netflix, and even Ryan oh, yeah. Johnson has been very carefully wording his comments about his supposed Star Wars trilogy by just saying, I'm just waiting. They're making plans over there. I'm just waiting to hear from them. I think that trilogy is probably dead as well. So mm. that is exactly what you guys are saying. It needs a Kevin Feige yeah. to yeah. come in and say, yeah, and say, this is what we're going to do. And it's the, it's a property that you can do that with. You can take ray and give her three films on her own you can go back to the knights of the old republic and tell a story there you can you can do with with star wars characters like you've done with iron man and thor and then bring them together for a big like i think that's totally what needs to happen mm-hmm. in that universe mm-hmm. we're already kind of talking about star wars yes, so we let's, are let's talk about rise of the skywalker the rise of skywalker it's rise of the skywalker <laughs> from this point forward it's rise of the skywalker rots yeah. it might as well be yeah. Yep. No, anyway, uh, we, we're already sort of talking about this, and we've already talked a lot about it. But yeah, this movie, it's a, it's a lot of fan service, a lot of, mm-hmm. it's, a lot of it's fun, a lot of good ideas in there, but it's just, it's, it's handicapped by the middle movie, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, I, and that, see, I would take a different. I would take a little bit of a different approach, and that's probably because I'm a, a apologist for the Last Jedi. I love that movie. No, I love the Last Jedi too, and I know what you're saying. You want to say it a different way. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of just we were talking about uh, you know how they've done Star Wars, and they've really treated it like improv. I think Jeremy and I have had this conversation mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, a new director is going to come in, and they're going to take the scene from from this place, and it really feels like to me, JJ was like, okay, here's the first scene, and Ryan was like, okay, yes, and this, and then <laughs> and then. JJ came in and was like, no, back to this. You know, so he like JJ didn't yes and Ryan, but I feel like you could see Last Jedi as a yes and to the other one. It's different. It takes it in a different way. I feel like once you release Last Jedi, you can't make a movie like Rise of Skywalker. Right, you exactly. have to keep going in the direction yes. Ryan Johnson did. And so what, what disappointed me, I didn't love Last Jedi, right. but I would rather have seen a proper sequel to Last Jedi than Rise of Skywalker, which tries to too much to undo last jedi right and then throw in some fan service as well let's give chewy a fucking medal mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah that medal really chaps it your ass really it really does it really <laughs> does well my my worst and i i didn't really uh like rise of skywalker all that much i loved it as a star wars I, i'm always gonna love lightsabers and cool mm-hmm. lightsaber battles sure. and I, I think that battle on the the ship with the mist and the I, it's gorgeous it's beautiful stuff but the thing that really gets me is it's just a movie without risk it is just a movie that's that pretends like it wants to risk something and then five seconds later pulls it right back and says nah just kidding and it's just like it has it has no strength of its convictions. And yeah, that's, that's that's the rough part. And I hate the fact that it just became a, a scavenger hunt basically yeah. throughout the whole rise thing. of the MacGuffins. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> and just a whole bunch of stuff that it just didn't understand through that first and only viewing that i've had that's also force awakens also has the let's put the doohickey in the dauber and find a guy like that like i think jj likes those kind of like because because even his mission possible three sure has that like massive Rabbit's mcguffin foot, yeah. yeah well an alias is full of that kind of stuff rambaldi like, yeah yeah rambaldi yeah, so. yeah that may just be a jj signature mm-hmm. but yep. i didn't like it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very much. What else it, we got? It, yeah, it's it's weird how I kind of liked Rise of Skywalker, and I was just like, but still, afterwards, you're just like, now, now that I'm standing back from the other those three movies, yeah, yeah what yeah. the fuck is that movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun as hell to watch them. Yeah, it yeah. was. It really was. Mm. It, it's a really fun movie. Well, it might but... have been a nice like first of the movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And I think Adam Driver is killing it in that movie like i just think he's incredible he and uh and ray both are just like are perfect i mean they work off of each other really really well which is yeah. weird because they only have you know a few minutes of screen time really with each other i think that force dyad idea the idea mm-hmm. that they are a connected part of the force could have been really interesting if you've given some time and depth to planning that out over three movies you know and what that would look like but it almost feels kind of just like waved at a little uh, bit i mean Yes, by name. But I went back and watched Force Awakens recently, and you see that connection almost it's there. immediately. Yeah, it's there. And when you go back and you, you start seeing the signs, I don't think you mean that between they had Ray and Kylo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's cool. I, I think, and they certainly explored it in Last Jedi, and they certainly expanded on mm-hmm. it in uh, Rise of the Skywalker. So maybe that was the only thread that they had mapped out all you, the way. Through. I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, moving around the list, here's a movie that I did not see: uh, Rocket Man. No. Let's hear it, Barrett. Yeah, Barrett. You're okay. very passionate about wanting to talk about this. So, Rocket Man, I'd heard really good things about it. Uh, and I heard different things than Bohemian Rhapsody, which I don't think the Chris and Jeremy and I, we didn't like all that much. No, it sucks. 
straight up biopic Bohemian Rhapsody was and really focused on Freddie Mercury and stuff like that. And so when uh, Rocket Man started, it is a different movie. It it has kind of like hallucinatory flashbacks and stuff like that and more of an ethereal bent to it and stuff like that. And about halfway through, I was like, I'm kind of liking this movie. And then it turns into a straight on goddamn fucking biopic. Uh-oh. And it pissed me off more than Bohemian Rhapsody that at least had the balls to show we're going to do this all the way through. Mm. And fuck this movie mm. so what was it do you think that why do you when you say like a straight biopic yes like what what does that entail for you like what are the things that happen in the last part of the movie where you're like not this again you know kind of thing uh i'm just curious rise to stardom too much money too much fame too right. many drugs downfall recovery but isn't the story like i mean isn't yes but okay. but, it, but i thought they were going to tell it in a different way same way i thought that bohemian rhapsody was going to tell the story of queen and not Freddie Mercury, right? They decided we're going to go more emotional and all that stuff, which is fine for some people. I don't, I don't like it. We've seen it all fucking before, and I thought this was going to be a different take on that sort of story. So here's here's what I liked about it. I liked the the fact the things that I found different about it from Bohemian Rhapsody, which I also did not mm. uh, like, uh, similar to you guys. But it, the the things that were different for me was number one, uh, Rocket Man felt more like a musical to me, like an actual musical. Like the musical numbers were a little more fantastical. Yeah. There were you know more kind of almost supernatural elements to them. It was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment where he rises up from the piano like got me right in the field. Like it was just like oh, it, it perfectly symbolized Is that the Rocket Man moment, like yeah. the, the song Rocket yeah, yeah, Man. Yeah. That was definitely the high point of the movie, and I think it's right in the middle. And after yeah, that is where yeah, it falls yeah, yeah, off yeah. from it. And then the other things are, I think it treated Elton John with so much more humanity than they treated uh, Freddie Mercury with. In in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, Freddie Mercury is just a pawn for everybody else around him. Yeah. In Rocket Man, Elton John is the actor, and when he makes mistakes, when he makes choices that bring him down, like we've seen that story before, mm-hmm. sure. But when he makes those choices, I felt like it let him have ownership of those choices, and then made the resolutions more powerful. And I didn't feel that in bohemian rhapsody so those are the reasons like if i were talking about it with you and others i would say yeah i like it better than bohemian rhapsody because it feels more authentic it feels more honest uh, to me so yeah so was harlan williams good in it yes (laughs) (laughs) it's my favorite harlan williams there 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 are even people old enough to know that movie who don't even know that movie He's got we, the whole world. We discussed it. I, we discussed it, I think, when this Rocket Man came out, about that Harlan Williams one that yep. came out in the 90s. Uh, yeah. I, I know. saw it. You saw it? I saw it. I, know, I, I saw did it. not. I did not see it. I, I absolutely saw, saw it. I remember seeing the trailer a bunch, though. <laughs> yeah, man. Harlan right. Williams. He's probably more famous for that uh, something about Mary mm-hmm. hitchhiker role. He invented seven-minute ads. He's in yeah. Cafe, too, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think yeah. he is. <clears throat> Uh, then we have, and this is one of many Netflix, uh, movies that came out that made a huge impact, but, uh, Dolomite is my name, which probably should have gotten more Oscar consideration. I think for, especially for Wesley Snipes, Boy, um, but you, this movie's you, you great. You can't see this Wesley Snipes performance coming from a mile away. Can you? No. Never seen anything like this from Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen it. It's such a weird character. And I guess he's playing a real person. So I guess this person existed. But it's flamboyant. It's effeminate. But uh, but all about the ladies. He's a drunk. He's he's an auteur, but he's not. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. 
It's so it's so good. And uh, and as sort of a feature of Eddie Murphy coming back as well, because we're going to see this, and he had his Saturday Night Live appearance, and mm-hmm. he's coming to America too, coming out next year or this year. Who knows? It might be good. It might be. It's you never know. Good. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. What was um, what was the movie uh, that was? Uh, about the room, about the making of the room. Disaster yeah. artist. Disaster, disaster artist. Mm-hmm. This to me is the better version of disaster artist. Yeah. This to me feels like the idea of let's all get together and make movies, even though we're goofy and don't know what we're doing. And but it's going to be the kind of movies we want to make, you know, kind of thing. And this is the version of that movie that I felt like I was connected to the characters and I was with them and uh, and it made sense to me. So well, the movie that it reminded me of, and then later I was reminded uh, that the writers of Ed Wood uh yes. wrote this oh really yeah yes. and i was reminded of ed wood all the way through this i felt like it was a it was the exact same sort of circumstances all the you know they don't have any money they're trying to shoot whatever they can like one take is usually good enough mm-hmm. uh but uh, just uh it's a fun it's just a fun movie man it's so fun there's two moments in this movie that stood out to me the one where wesley snipes is uh his character is big time in him and uh uh rudy ray rudy ray moore mm-hmm. uh he's like i have no ego about this if somebody tells me to move a box i'm gonna move that box if, if somebody gets hungry i'm gonna make them a sandwich and stuff like that and uh you could tell like how committed he is with this and then towards the end really at the the final act gave me all the goosebumps that i got at like rise yeah. of skywalker and yeah. but yeah this is this was a great movie i'm hoping uh i'm hoping a lot of people are are getting i don't know how, do you know how it's doing as far like netflix never I says know, i know netflix never says but i'm just saying do you do you see a lot of talk about dolomite it no. feels like not very many people have seen this. well and because the really the awards season talk about netflix are about the ones that are getting nominated and dolomite isn't getting nominated really so yeah it's uh it's a shame it's a shame it is uh let's go on to uh the second biggest movie of this year the lion king mm. <laughs> is there anything new to say about the- <laughs> there's nothing new to say about this movie right? no this movie had nothing new to say about this movie uh, <laughs> now they're gonna do bambi like yeah yeah. Well, and and that's comparable in what I think is the most important way that this movie failed, which is you took the expressive uh, art of hand-drawn animation where you could make animals actually emote, and then you handcuffed it you, beyond you can't, realistic animals that cannot emote. You can't anthropomorphize animals that are realistic. Right. And so Bambi's going to do the same thing, right? Yeah. Thumper, Thumper is an actual rabbit is not interesting. It's no. not cute. No. And it's the same with... Uh, yeah. This is just... Uh, but the problem is... <clears throat> Disney isn't making these movies for us. No. And they're not making these movies for anyone older than us. Mm. They're explicitly making these movies for people 25 and under who probably haven't seen a lot of these old originals or at least don't have the attachment to them. Now, this makes a certain amount of business sense to me. When I remember when um, um, Little Mermaid, Lion King, Aladdin, when they were with Disney's animated renaissance, mm-hmm. right? I... Personally, at that point in my life, had not seen Black, Black, Black Beauty, not Black Beauty, that's Black Cauldron. No, what's the the Black Cult? Not Black Cauldron. Uh, the one that we send on the Sleeping on the, Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Black Beauty. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. Um, Cinderella. Uh, I hadn't seen a bunch of those. Snow I White. I certainly hadn't seen them all the time. When I went to college, I watched Aladdin every day my entire freshman year. Every day. Oh my God. So, but I guess what I'm saying is, if you think of people 20 years younger than us. 
they don't have that attachment to that Lion King and that Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And they're probably more fucking... I mean, Lion King made a billion dollars. Yep. There's a reason people are going to see it. It's lifeless. It's soulless. Mm-hmm. It's unoriginal. But there's a good business reason for it. It's like when the Colts cut Peyton Manning. <laughs> I, under, I understood. That's exactly like when the Colts <laughs> cut Peyton I understood. It just breaks my heart. I'm trying... It's impossible, too, to watch this movie without... If you... Ha- if you have watched that first one so many times comparing it to that one right and i don't know what i don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation are you supposed to say this movie is exactly as good as that last one that came out if i didn't know that other one existed this would be perfectly acceptable i would love this too well it's like we summed up in that that one sin that said you made another animated movie you just it's like mm-hmm. disney saying we figured out how to draw better uh, <laughs> th- what pissed me off most about this movie was that opening shot in the original animated movie mm-hmm. where you're focusing on a leaf and behind there's like zebras and shit Doing running a little rack focus thing. yes and they do that rack focus but it looks fucking real in the animated version mm-hmm. the cgi version recreates that shot identically mm-hmm. What's the point of that? Yeah. You're not showing off how good your animators are anymore. You're just, God damn, this movie is offensive <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. Everything I love about movies, this movie is the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept, I kept trying to watch that movie with this idea that I hadn't seen the original and would I like it and everything. And I don't know. There, there are parts in there that would have fallen flat, I think, for me. It didn't yeah. resonate as much. Um, uh, just the way they just the I don't know just the way everything was the the performances of it and the uh, the random Beyonce song they threw in there and uh, <sighs> I just don't know if it I just don't know I, I it's impossible to really judge this movie spirit <laughs> watch the heavens open what does that mean yeah what, how does that apply to Simba it doesn't it. it's fucking something Beyonce sang and you put it in the movie. <laughs> uh let's move on to frozen 2 a movie that only chris and aaron have seen that's right what did you think uh so uh, this is one of my my least favorite reviews that i've ever done because i watched this movie the day it opened sure and uh for a for a mini pod that was supposed to happen the next day uh things happened and then it was like a week later before we were able to do frozen 2 mini pod uh and i had forgotten a lot about <laughs> yeah. the movie by yeah. the time we did the review so i was like yeah i don't even remember what the hell all this other stuff was about right. plus my uh, experience with that movie uh in the auditorium with kids <laughs> was not fun <laughs> and uh and so you know I, I i try to tune that out it's just nearly impossible yeah with all the kids talking and so, like, I'm glad that they're having a good time. I have no problem with what they're doing. It's just for me, I can't do it. And I had to watch the movie because of what we were doing and everything. Now, I thought this movie was perfectly fine. I don't understand why it's the number one animated movie of all time, however. Makes no sense to me. I guess worldwide. I don't think it has quite beat the domestic record. No, no. But, like, uh, 
I, I never, I didn't understand that. I didn't think there was anything offered by Frozen 2. That well, made... it's kind of the Shrek 2 effect, right? Like mm-hmm. where you have this something come out of nowhere and just be amazing and everybody loves it. And it's hard for me to say about Shrek because I don't even necessarily like the original Shrek. <laughs> but uh, And then the second one is just automatically going to do more than the first one mm-hmm. and do gangbusters. Uh, and the characters, people love these characters and mm-hmm. families love these characters. And so they're going to go see it. Uh, I'm with you. This is a perfectly fine movie um i i am predisposed to love this movie i love the original frozen mm-hmm. uh i love the the lyricists and musicians who who write uh this music uh for me this this felt rushed it just it, it felt like <laughs> which try- is funny because it took so long to come yeah out. yeah right but it, it feels like they they really for tried to force a lot into this and and because they did they really uh shorted all these characters Mm -hmm. so what's nice about the first one is you can have side characters that pop in and do their thing well when those side characters become popular all of a sudden they need more to do but you can't give them more to do without taking away from you know an overall plot they make that fucking olaf a main character yeah yeah olaf is a main character Um, although i will say olaf probably has the funniest part of this he's hilarious oh josh gad is so great in Mm -hmm. this movie and i think the songs are good there's this 80s rock ballad in the middle that i was dying at it was hilarious Mm -hmm. But as a movie, like it didn't necessarily speak to me. I I was I was confused about some things uh, in the movie, just how uh, Elsa and Anna ended up in the same place when like Anna had gone across an ocean and then like Elsa had. Yeah, Elsa had gone across an ocean and Anna had gone like down a little was in a raft and yep. went into and a, cave, a cave yep. and then suddenly they were in the same place. <laughs> okay. I didn't understand that at all. Now, again, it's the, the experience I probably had with it that contributed to that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you about the rush. Like, it's almost like, yes, while it took a long time for them to come out with this movie, it took them a long time to come up with a movie. And right. then by the time it was, you know, we got, we got to come out with this in 2019, yeah, I had to make a movie, and it was this one, and it was perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, it's perfectly fine. I think that's the way to say it. <laughs> perfectly fine. Uh, on to another Netflix uh, movie, uh, The Two Popes, which is another one that I feel like, even though it got some Oscar nominations, Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price got nominated for this. Uh, it still don't feel like enough people are talking about it, and this movie is gorgeous and great, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I highly enjoyed it. Did they both get nominated for supporting actor? I think uh, no. Pri- yeah, I Jonathan think- Price was lead, right? He's lead. I think yeah. So yeah. Does that sound? Does that sound like the right breakdown to you? When you I mean, category when you recommended fraud, it a few I mean, weeks ago, it sounded like they were on screen almost the same amount of time for the most part. But then they, the all the backstory is Jonathan Price. Yeah, Jonathan okay. Price is the protagonist. Okay, it's kind of like a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people wondered why Samuel L. Jackson was a supporting actor in Pulp Fiction with Travolta being the lead. And it's because Travolta has a whole other section yeah. in the movie. Yeah. That, and and, and when, back in 94, I was like, yeah, they were equal or whatever. But when you watch the movie again, you're like, oh, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson really did have just the two spots. Yeah. And Travolta had three. Um, but it's the same way here. Price, uh, the Pope Benedict character, is talked about more. He has got a bit more backstory, more everything in it, and everything. But Dicer prefers his Pope Benedictless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lunch callback. Yeah. No one's gonna get that joke with the four of us. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, uh, uh, now somebody took me to task on pronouncing 
and I probably will not pronounce it right, but because Fernando Morelos, I guess, is a Brazilian uh, director. Oh, I remember somebody saying that, yeah. Somebody said that you actually actually pronounce the the L's, and there's probably some other thing that I'm messing As up. As opposed there. to the usual Spanish Where, Y sound, yeah. It would be Moreas, but uh, but I think it's actually Morelos. Okay. What's anyway, interesting is I had sorry I had a Spanish teacher in high school who's from the Yucatan Peninsula in a very specific region where the double L's are said as soft J's. Oh yeah, so it'd be more like Bereges or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that's I always thought that was fast. He taught us his way, mm-hmm. so I grew up doing L-O, uh, double L's in Spanish with a J sound, and then, ah. of course I got corrected by my Spanish professor in college, <laughs> and then I skipped so many of that class I dropped. It. Yeah, <laughs> for the sake of nitpickiness, I think we said that Price was Benedict. He's uh, Pope Francis in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pope Benedict is Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, in this. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, it is a, it is a great movie. Very, it's, it's just so well shot and the set, either it's a set or they actually shot in the Vatican. I have no idea. Uh, a lot of it is sets. Uh, and of, it's but there is some on, yeah there is some on location, but I've actually been in some of those, uh, sets, uh, when I went to Los Angeles for the two popes thing or whatever um yeah like that living room set where they watch football together and and hang out and oh that's an amazing scene yeah this movie blew me away because you so had great. recommended it and so uh the wife and i watched it god i mean really really well done shows the humanity of both men mm-hmm. very very well uh because these are these are as high as you can get in the entire world really uh and and they they knock them down a peg yeah yeah, and it's uh, and it's an amazing uh, point to character for Pope Benedict to be like, I'm going to call this guy in that I don't approve of, mm-hmm. don't like, and all this, and because I because I see the church as something bigger than myself, uh, a lot we could we could have a lot of that uh, going mm-hmm. on more today. Well, and that's that's one of the main reasons I love this movie so much. I really do think it speaks to our divisive culture in a lot of ways in an understanding of how do you really communicate with somebody who vehemently disagrees with you on important things, mm-hmm. you know, because it's easy to disagree on movies, you know, yeah. that's not necessarily important. Uh, but to degree, disagree on foundational things for people becomes difficult. And how do we do that? And I think, I think you're right. I think, uh, we could definitely use a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, I will go, I'll continue with, uh, the Netflix here and the Irishman, mm. um, movie I have seen twice. I saw it in theater. I saw it on Netflix. Uh, I very much enjoyed this movie. It's not in my top 10 for the year. Yeah. It's weird because when I think about it, it's devalued over time, but I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was good. I'm. It's going to be hard for me to find three hours to rewatch this yeah. anytime soon, though. So it's one of two experiences I had this year with directors uh, playing in areas um, where for the first time I enjoyed it more than had the you know the counter opinion of not liking movies that people like that was a long way to say uh i don't like goodfellas i don't you know i'm not a big fan of scorsese's gangster movies mm-hmm. but he approaches this movie and part of the length is the humanity he tries to give mm. uh to this character especially with that stuff at the end i still think it could have been half an hour shorter mm-hmm. i still think he could have used somebody reining reining that in a little bit um but i found this movie to say all the things I wanted those other movies to say that I felt they were flipping about. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, the idea of uh, the excitement and interestingness of what it means to be a mobster is balanced with actual human consequence in this movie uh, in an intentional way um, as far as what I saw. So I, I really did like The Irishman. I don't love it, love it, but I really do like it. 
I like Pacino switching accents in mid sentence, in mid <laughs> in mid word. These motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't. I it, it's oddly enough, it may have to be another movie that long time down the road I'll have to watch again and be like, oh yeah, I missed the genius of this the first two times I watched. <laughs> uh, but I like I said, I liked it. I, it, it. It feels like you're you say something, you're saying it's ne- a negative thing when, yeah. you, when you're not like yeah this was the greatest thing ever but you know it, i just thought it was perfectly fine perfectly mm-hmm. good movie not not scorsese's best mm-hmm. it's got some moments though man like it does. There, there there are some big scenes in this movie that are really uh compelling mm-hmm. yeah. um and yeah I, I enjoyed that hey there's also compelling scenes in the blue and the gray but i'm not gonna watch all 24 <laughs> hours of that <laughs> Uh, actually there's not anything compelling in the blue and the gray, <laughs> yeah. by the way uh back to some blockbusters we have toy story 4 um <sighs> just as a side yeah <laughs> just as a side note i feel like there were a hundred movies that had carnivals in them this year Ooh. uh toy story 4 had a carnival it chapter two it chapter two um uh, us us has a carnival euphoria had euphoria. A, euphoria is a tv show but it had a carnival what a lot of carnivals shazam, shazam, shazam. had a carnival yeah yeah so <laughs> a lot of central carnivals like carnivals that are kind of central to the that's interesting yeah yeah it just there was a ton and uh the kid from it was in shazam as well yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so like uh yeah i don't know what it was if it was just uh just sort of it's probably just a coincidence but i know i, I think i was watching shazam and going man it seems like every movie <laughs> ends up in a carnival yeah. there's so, even a carnival at the end of 1917 yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> amazing the, the whole world war was a carnival <laughs> um okay so toy story 4 i think made tremendous uh you know leaps in animation and everything they it's gorgeous to look at i just don't know if i like the story too much what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> You can Jeremy and I don't think I've seen it. Have you seen I, it? I have no, no. And I will eventually. Mm. This is not one of those movies like Gone with the Wind that I just don't want to watch mm. ever. Um I just I I have no desire. Zero. I don't care. It's a I don't care. fuck movie. I, I I have experienced these characters as much as I desire to. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and make your billions, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You can demonstrate leaps in artistic computer graphic ability without making entire movies that are pointless yeah lion king toy story 4 looking at you <laughs> good dinosaur good dinosaur good <laughs> dinosaur has some amazing animation in it did it make a ton of money toy story 4 oh mm-hmm. yeah um, yes it did yeah it made a lot um it, yeah i think all the the toy stories always have some new message about growing up right this one is so uh, it's kind of about parenting in yeah. a lot of ways yeah, it's about, I think it's parenting, and it's also about, I, I guess, letting go. Yeah, empty nest. That's what I mean. It's yeah. about that empty nest thing where it's like, oh, my job's actually done. Like, how do I deal with that? How do mm-hmm. I How do I deal with a world where my world is completely changed, not by something I'm choosing to do, but something I'm choosing to let go of? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. I, I, I really enjoyed it. That's probably not a surprise. <laughs> uh, I think all four Toy Story movies, I think it's insane the level of um, 
greatness that they've shown in four movies in a row. Like, you just don't see that I just happen. want them to slide some of that greatness around to these other movies. Well, they can, I mean, they do, right? Coco was great. Inside Out was great. Like, they're still making great original stuff. I mean, I know we, I, I haven't seen any of the trailers, so, you know, I know you're worried about Onward. <laughs> Onward looks bad. Yeah. But what about Soul? Like, Soul's also Soul coming looks out this good, year. So, but- you know, they're still making original stuff. It's not like they're putting all the Pixar eggs in the, you know, the the sequel basket, right? So it feels like yeah, I just think about all the hours, the hundreds and hundreds of hours sure. of talented people that went toward a fourth Toy Story movie instead of something new. And it, we're never going to get that movie they didn't make because yeah, they made re- this one. I mean, but it results in hundreds and thousands of hours of enjoyment for lots of people, right? But like, not I for mean- me. <laughs> 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 Wait till they make well, the, the you sequel. You haven't seen it. You don't even know that yet. Maybe but, well, the point is, until I've seen it, it has not, not that's, produced any that's enjoyment true. for me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, I think this is the last of the Netflix's marriage story. Woo, baby. Um. Yeah, ooh, baby's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this is this is this is really good. This is a performance piece. It's very much a performance piece, and you can see a lot of Noah Baumbach in it. You can see a lot of like everybody's story, right? We mm-hmm. talked about like uh, Adam Driver bringing his experience, and Scarlett Johansson bringing hers, and him interviewing a bunch of like you know lawyers and stuff like that laura dern's great in this uh ray Liotta's great in this um yeah i i found this to be emotional and like i said at the very end it got me uh, the the hitch in him reading the letter was fantastic uh but i didn't think it was grueling or anything like that i just enjoyed it i agree i i it's hard for me to resonate with the people who are like oh it's just it's two hours of torture i just like i don't it's so human and and yes there is pain in humanity but Part of the reason that it's we were talking about Pleasantville recently. This is a message mm. that Pleasantville has. Part of the reason that the joy can be so much joy is because of the pain. Like, mm. you know, the idea that we feel it so deeply because it can go either way of that spectrum. And I think this movie has that. The reason it's painful is because of the beautiful love these people have for each mm-hmm. other. And I didn't and I didn't say had have like you can see the love they have for each other in this movie, even as they're trying to figure out legally how to separate their lives. And the villain in this movie is the system which I love, and the system is just trying to destroy them. As they're trying to amicably separate, the system is like, no, that's not really how it works. Yeah, yeah. And there's some legitimately funny moments in this, too. The whole process of him getting served is fucking hilarious, which (laughs) makes it even more devastating when it actually happens. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. I want to watch this. This is a movie that I can watch a bunch, but also Bombeck is kind of my guy. You know, I was so glad to hear you say, is it... while we're young, mm-hmm. or I was so glad to hear you say recently that you saw that and enjoyed it. Oh yeah, it's that's awesome. actually where I started loving Bombback. That was my first oh, Bombback movie really? where I was like, "Oh, I dig this. Yeah. This is this is really powerful and yeah. human and interesting." And then Meyerowitz stories was yes. was great as well. And no, he's I really like the work he's doing. Yeah. Uh, back to some uh, comic book superhero movies. We have Captain Marvel. And we also have Spider-Man Far From Home. Captain Marvel feels like it really came out five years ago. It does. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, Captain Marvel was very average. It is, and I hate that it is. Yeah. but Because Brie Larson is really good in it. Yeah. Uh, it has a very good theme to it and all that stuff. But the movie itself just ain't doing her any favors. No, I don't think so. I think it's pretty. I, I 
I was, yeah, I was definitely hoping for more on that one. I just thought it was just kind of average. And then there's this idea of retroing everything, this whole, like, let's go back to the eighties. Let's go back to the nineties and everything. That's starting to get old. Too. I'll tell you what, when uh, every shot of her in that nine inch nail shirt drives me crazy <laughs> because it feels like what i am a large fan of her in that nine inch nail shirt. oh i see what you're saying uh <laughs> i understand I'm what you're saying about too. Vis- visually <laughs> i'm talking about like the blockbuster stuff is pretty bad but that nine inch nail shirt was just like like we got everything has to be not it's got to go 90s we got to go 90s let's go it's the 90s do the 90s put yeah. her in a 90s shirt n-i-n only one end is reversed everybody will know what that means yay and it's just not that's not filmmaking that's just you know that's what i mean vh1 i love the 90s is what exactly that is. i love exactly. the little things that piss you the fuck off what's funny is that most people misunderstand about me is the big things don't really bother (laughs) (laughs) the the little things just get under my fucking skin yeah um i I don't know what else to say about captain marvel would you say it's middle of the road mcu or would you say it's lesser mcu i'd say it's Mid- I would say middle, middle okay. bottom, road, there, b- bottom half of the middle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's. <laughs> I agree. The there are certainly way worse. Like Thor: The Dark World is the worst, I think. And uh, what Iron else? Man Two. Iron Man Two is is down there, or Iron, Iron Man, Man 3. Three. I was gonna say I would put Iron Man Three. Age of Ultron. Um, Age of Ultron. Yeah, those are all. Those are all probably worse than Captain Marvel is. But then Captain Marvel's like right there. Yeah, I kind of feel like a middle of the road MCU movie is still a fun time at the theater. Like that's there's that's nothing my objectively thing. wrong yeah, with Captain yeah. Marvel. It's just go eat your popcorn, have a good time. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing yeah. enjoy fantastic about nine it. inch nail shirt and go on with your day. <laughs> there's nothing marvelous about it. Nice. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> but uh, Spider Man Far From Home, we're also kind of down on that I one. I feel too. like that. I feel like they took a step back um, for after Homecoming. You know, you guys know I'm a big Homecoming fan. Maybe more than you guys. I don't know. But, and again, I feel like what they were hamstrung on was not knowing much about Endgame. And I have read enough to know that they told them very little. Like, basically, five years is a snap. They're going to come back after that. Go make your movie. Um, So they knew about Infinity War, but they didn't know about Endgame? No, they knew. No, they did. Because they found those all. They made this, I think, concurrently with Infinity War. Uh, I think they overlapped. I'm just saying, as far as Endgame, them coming back after five years and time travel, they weren't told all of that. They were just oh, okay. told enough to do that high school news program about the blip uh-huh. and then go tell a story. And, and obviously they were told who died. And like basically yeah, yeah. everything they tell us, they were told, you know, it's in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's not it's, it's not it's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. I really do like Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. I like the idea of Mysterio being um what he is i don't guess i don't want to spoil the movie but um it's a different kind of mcu villain right like it's not same old same uh which is yes nice. and no it it does come down to a tony stark's fucked me over and i'm angry about sure. it motive is, is pretty yes. much the same uh but in terms of him using um tr- you know smoke and mirrors as opposed to actual superpowers as opposed I to just was, punching each other and, a really yeah. nice touch um you know that they explain way too much with with just drones they just yes. drones. and drones just can't fucking do that i'm sorry the uh i have only seen it the once the hallucinatory scene when we first see him encountering mysterio yeah. with all his powers does that hold up as good as it it's, i well, think it's, it did it's visually 
stunning. Oh, yeah, yeah it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. But it just it logically makes no sense. There's okay. no way he would be able to do that and manipulate. He makes he makes Peter think he's in his original sweatshirt suit. Yeah, right? You can't do that. Yeah. You can't get inside Peter's brain with a goddamn drone. <laughs> <laughs> but as, a, as what they were going for with a nightmare sequence yeah, of, oh, yeah, God, yeah. this is worse than I realized, I thought it was visually really awesome. Mm. Yeah. All right, everybody. It's time to talk about Likewise. Likewise. Yeah. This is an app. It's an app for sure. <laughs> it's uh, one of them deals that you can get on your phone yeah. and stuff. Yeah. This thing, this makes life so much easier, man. Because mm -hmm. you uh, you import it. It builds stuff for you. You import your your stuff like what you what you enjoy, what you like watching, uh, what you like reading, what you like eating, and that kind of stuff. It covers everything. And uh, based on that, it's going to make you recommendations and then, like, aggregate all that stuff, tell you where to find it and how to get it in the easiest way possible. And that's and that's the biggest thing for me is to be able to get a suggestion that I would normally get. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it gives you these suggestions and, and it's stuff that you may have not may not have thought about before. And mm -hmm. that's what I like about uh, something like this. The deal about this, you know, there's always this thing about the fear of missing out is that the thing fomo fomo where where it's like oh well there's a million different things that i could be doing right now or could be watching right now when i'm watching the breaking bad for the ninth time or <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like this is gonna say like i just pulled it up and it, it recommended to me a movie that i've seen but i haven't seen in a while 10 cloverfield lane it also tells me it's available on itunes on youtube on amc weirdly enough like all that stuff and i can click through and it will take me to that link mm -hmm. like this is just this is convenience all put together in an actual app. Yeah. That was my favorite part when I loaded it up was the fact that I knew it was going to tell me other things I might like. I didn't realize how it was going to make it so easy to go find those things, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. I, I really love about the app. And you also mentioned the the breadth of things that it will help you find other things you like in, which mm -hmm. I thought was really cool, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're in like a, like you'll import in the restaurants tab, like you'll import what type of food that you like and that kind of thing. And if you're in a different city or something like that, and you're certainly not as knowledgeable of where to go. Uh, that will be really nice. It'll it'll recommend a restaurant. You like Mexican food. It's uh, over here at this Carnitas place. This is the kind of app that if the technology were available, you'd push the button, the food would be right there in front of you. That's <laughs> that's how simple it it's feels with the other it's thing, right? There. Like if that technology were available, likewise would do it. Uh, so go to the Google uh, Play Store, the place where you where you where you access Android apps, and go there, Aaron. Okay. Go there and you down. Well, you've already done it, but you listener, if you've got one of them Android things, go to that and download this Likewise app, and it will change your life. It's fantastic. If you're an iPhone user like uh, Chris and I are, go to the Apple the Apple D App Store mm -hmm. and download the Likewise app, and it will change your life in that way. And if you're on the interwebs and you're on your laptop or your tablet or your thing that connects to the internet, go to likewise.com/syncast. And let us know, let them know that uh, we sent you and all that stuff. It's free. It's a free download. Uh, we just uh, really dig it, and we know that you will too. So get likewise right now. Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> no Barrett is uh, wanting to talk. I about love this. Jojo. Get out! Yeah, right now. yeah. please. It's too late for you and me. She just won her first Grammy. <laughs> did she really? She yeah. did for what? I don't know. But that song I just sang was like 20 years that old. That was a long time ago. It's, I didn't even know she was still taking oh, yeah, music. Oh, yeah. I think she was like 14 when she did mm -hmm. that one. Oh. Yeah. Leave! Leave! <laughs> Get out! Right now. Yeah, that was like 2002, I think. I'll tell you what. I was not ready uh, for how excellent this movie was. Mm -hmm. I had heard good things, but I was not ready for how 
amazing the the child performances are mm-hmm. across the board both jojo and the girl i forget her name and his buddy who's basically like a ned almost did you right? see in our uh, in critics choice young performers category we nominated all three of them oh really yeah oh my god they they are amazing and you had mentioned that Scarlett Johansson is a different type of Scarlett Johansson in this movie, certainly different than a marriage story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found her absolutely amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, I thought she played that character so well. And this has <laughs> this has a moment in it where I literally shut my my DVD down and was like, "Oh shit!" There was a moment where I had there to is, just step man. back yeah. and go, "Oh shit!" and walk around the room for a while. I think it's the most interesting part of the movie, and I think it's the part of the movie that makes or breaks it for people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that moment in the movie, breaks it. Who, how would it? absolutely because it breaks the tone. Like there's there's a tone. If you put yourself into a certain tone in that movie and you misunderstand what the movie is doing, uh-huh. that moment breaks it for you. I see. I've, I see. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it and it totally made it for me. Yeah. Uh, this is this is one of the most certainly the most unique movie that I saw all mm-hmm. year, uh, and it's one of the most surprising movies. And it's one of the ones that is closest to my heart for whatever. It hit me right in in the feels, as they say, like emotionally, really, really connected with me. Yeah. Yeah. Taika Waititi is doing a good double duty here. He's he plays. He's hilarious. He's hilarious as Hitler. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But it's a little boy's representation of Hitler. That's the that's the I think that's the magic trick that's sort of being done there because mm-hmm. if it was actual hitler this would be you would be like what the fuck's going on yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'll tell you who's uh secretly amazing and this is sam rockwell yeah uh and it, it's actually him and all of his like glory and all that stuff is in the trailer uh but when you see it in the movie i had forgotten that, it, that he did that when you see it in the movie it's absolutely hilarious you will crack the fuck up uh, I was surprised by every part of this movie. I fucking love it. Ooh. I uh, I had a really good experience with it as well. It has grown on me mm. si- since I've seen it. Uh, I did struggle with the tone disparity a little bit, but I actually think he does pull it off. And I think when I watch it again, I'll be able to sink into it even a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's a phenomenal film. We talked briefly about uh, people who are not making Star Wars movies anymore, but the new rumor is that they're trying to get Taki Waititi. Yeah. Hey, I, I think he can do... Literally anything at this point. Yeah, I think and so. And I, I love everything that I've seen with them. Uh, I haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People yet, yet, but what we do in the shadows is great. Uh, fucking, obviously, Thor Ragnarok. This is fantastic. He's he's good to go in my book. Uh, I would highly recommend watching Hunt for the Wilder People. That's a, I am going to That's this week. an excellent movie. Uh, yeah, uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, the thing that I found different about her was that she... Uh, actually has some like sense of humor oh, yeah. that seems to be missing from a lot of her roles you know especially like marriage story mm-hmm. and and uh all the black widow stuff and uh she's always i don't know just a little bit she's always the serious character mm-hmm. i think maybe the last time i felt like i'd seen her in a comedy like in a comedic role was ghost world yeah. maybe yeah and uh, it was good to see her getting back to that in this that whole scene where she's at uh, the the kid sasses her basically at, at dinner and wants to see his dad mm-hmm. that whole scene is straight out of like a like a one act play basically that's fantastic mm-hmm. oh, I love the movie. um yeah. on to more originality with aladdin <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see this you guys did oh wow he does this yes. thing where he guy richie's the time 
During songs. During songs. It's the worst. It slows down and speeds up the action. <laughs> so the main characters, like uh, Aladdin and... and so One and, Jump and, Ahead is the main egregious example. The what? One Jump Ahead. Where yes. Is, is... Where they're running right at the camera in slow motion, but singing, One Jump Ahead of the Bad Guys. <laughs> and he does it a couple different times. It's really unsettling. A Guy Ritchie and this movie should never have been like a pair. I don't know how it fucking happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah... I. I can't believe I'm going to say this. This is not as bad as The Lion King. Okay. <laughs> it's still pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> okay. My, f- my favorite behind-the-scenes <clears throat> moment this year, and I, I think it's a fine to reveal it, is the arm wrestling that went between you guys on the Never Had a Friend Like Me oh, thing. Because, because you, you hated it. it and you loved it. It was one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, what? <laughs> they slowed it down, like, just barely. And it just kills, for me, kills what made that song have momentum. And it must have given you some more well, of it or it, something. Well, it made it fresh for me. It gave me a different perspective. It became, like, more of, like, a, like a, like an almost an R&B slow kind of, like, you know, I don't know. There, there's something cool about what Will Smith does with it for me, which is it, it gives it kind of the swag, you know, and it wasn't in that song should have a swag, but it's a different kind of swag that the original has. It's more of kind of a, a street swag, I guess, would be a way to yeah, say it. It's but, just, I mean, the same problems exist that what works best about the cartoon is is you can't re- recreate with CGI monkeys and human actors uh, mm-hmm. and you can actually emote better and more adorably with cartoons than you can with real people. Yeah. Um. And that Yago man, that fucking bird, because they kept they kept Yago the same. Like he's a wisecracking. What the problem with your daughter? It's like Gilbert Gottfried all over again. Only in this movie, everything everybody else is trying to act like this is real and legit. Only the parrots over here cracking jokes all goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't like much of what Disney's doing with their own classic properties. And I guess maybe this this is probably good to say because I, I hate The Lion King just as much as you do. But I generally have liked their live action, you quote have- unquote, live action remakes. Um, Dumbo was awful. Well, uh, yeah, uh, Dumbo like- was atrocious. But in, in most of those cases, they have done newish things. Right. Whereas Lion King was paint by I numbers. can find the things I like about Beauty and the Beast. I can find the things I like about Aladdin. Uh, I genuinely like the Cinderella remake. I think that's a really beautiful movie. Um, but yeah, there are there were a couple this year that I was like, oh, this is what Jeremy's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> is that Kenneth Branagh that did uh, Cinderella? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 I remember liking that too. Actually. I think it's a genuinely good movie. Branna was uh, was sort of in that Disney fold there. With, yeah. With uh, well, although Thor. Well, that was, was pure was, Marvel at that point. Well, right? Thor was Paramount. Like that was before Disney had bought everything. Right. right. But uh, I guess based on the strength of Thor, they they gave him Cinderella, mm. and yeah, he was in that little mix there yeah. for a bit, and then wasn't either. Decided not to be. Friend of the show, Kenneth Branagh, by the way. He's probably got (laughs) gobs of money, don't you think? He's just going to keep making Agatha Christie movies. Go for it, man. I'm fine with that. Yeah, go for it. I didn't hate Murder on the Orient Express. I didn't think it was necessary, but I thought it was beautiful. Um, On to uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Yes. Little Um, Women. (laughs) (laughs) Little Women. Um, I can't think about any Little Women movie without thinking about Mo from the bar. (laughs) Remember in Simpsons whenever he's... He's oh, reading yeah. little women to kids <laughs> to or something. Kids. They were, they were a, little women. They were no longer little girls. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, were little, they were little women. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is another. This is a performance piece too. Mm-hmm. 
I think um, it's I think it's a highlight reel for for Greta. Like I what she does to this property. I was going to ask you about this, mm-hmm. Jeremy, mm-hmm. because this is another example of a property that you could say, you know, unnecessary. It's been done so many times before, that kind of thing. But the the choices she makes almost make it necessary in some ways. Do you Okay, how, but let's not excuse a bunch of lazy shitty reboots oh, because sure, sure, Greta yeah. took the care to be inventive. Right, but when I roll my eyes at another a remake of a movie that came out 15 years ago, I'm not expecting that director to take the care that Greta Gerwig did to reinvent the story. Um you know, I feel I, I feel like Bradley Cooper thought he was doing that. Yes, with <laughs> with Stars, Stars Born, Born <laughs> but he wasn't. Uh, whereas she did, especially in the in the sense of time, jumping forward into, yes. into the future of these girls' lives gives you a better understanding of them as girls. And I've seen the Winona Ryder one a dozen times. It's like my wife's favorite movie. She didn't really like this new one that much because it played with the it, it made so many new choices, well, and she's attached to the older. Kind of confusing yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, that's is. fair. Yeah. Absolutely fair. Because you don't know exactly that's what they're doing, and you have to. It, it really it the 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 tell that really start i started going with was florence Pugh's character yeah was how how young and naive she is in certain scenes and then how wizened she is in others and everything that's where you really get the the sense of like oh we're in the we're in the we're in the dark the older times now yes, yes. um but um but yeah the the play with time i did like it it, it uh, spared her from having to get four younger actresses and then four older actresses and, and, uh, and everything. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, Saoirse Ronan is, this is one of my favorite performances of her. She's brilliant in everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's so good. I've not seen a bad performance out of her yet. And I'm not even sure she's made a bad movie. Yeah. What would her worst movie be? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the city of Ember. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you gotta go back that far right yeah yeah but like hannah's great uh brooklyn's great mm-hmm. oh i know what it is it's the it's the lovely bones that's the worst movie <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. but she even she's still pretty okay in that <laughs> yeah um but yeah uh the the movie looks beautiful it's unbelievably yeah. well shot um one thing i noticed about this though i don't know if you guys noticed this does there seem to be any camera movement in this movie Good question. I, I I wasn't looking for that. Did not grab my attention. It, it was something that sort of like about halfway to three quarters through the movie, I was like, there's not one sweeping camera motion in this at all. It's always just here's the shot of the actress and that's you their know, and they cut back and forth. I don't remember that, but I felt that exact same way watching Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, no, for sure that. I mean, that's the way Kevin Smith has always been. Yes, but even in that court scene, I'm pretty sure the judge and the bailiff were not on set at the same time. Oh, no, it doesn't look like that Because they're never in a shot at the same time. It always cuts to the judge, and then cuts to the bailiff dancing, and then cuts back to a close-up of Kevin Smith. Welcome to the only podcast that has a discussion comparing Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> with Little Women. That's what you come for. That's what we're here for. That's right. But you're absolutely right. That's exactly how. That's how it how it comes off because yeah. you because they they he's the he's also the king of like just a random cutaway for no reason like oh, somebody yeah. going ooh or oh you know <laughs> that type of thing. But uh, but yeah, Little Women is is very good, and I think it uh, it sort of got. 
short shrift, didn't it, for uh, Oscar nomination? No, I mean it's getting nominations. I just I don't think anybody expects it. Well, no, that's that's not true. Greta will. I think Greta will win the uh, screenplay. Adapted. Okay. I think she'll win an Oscar for the screenplay. I it's, think she will. Did he get what, seven nominations somewhere in there? Yeah, yeah. But she wasn't nominated. But she wasn't nominated for director. No, and that's ridiculous. Hey, you know what I learned a couple days ago when there was a Homeland marathon on? That's where Timothy Chalamet came from. Oh. He was uh, Brody's daughter's boyfriend the second season of Homeland. Oh, holy wow. shit. Really? Yeah. There's wow. a, that's fun. There's a lot of people who came out of that show, too. Like yeah. Melissa Benoist yep. came out of that. She yep. has like one scene in the, yep. whole, in the whole thing because <clears throat> she became Supergirl. Yeah. Um, I actually home- remember Melissa Benoist from Glee oh, before yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. She, yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, the movie we all want to talk about, Joker. <laughs> And then nobody said anything. I don't. Does anybody in this room like it? Hey, Arena, stop playing that song. Gary Glitter is Hitler. Yes. Another lunch callback. Sorry. I'm gonna probably watch this movie if it comes on like in the background, and I'll probably watch a little bit of it. But I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch this movie anytime soon. It's an exercise in misery. With a payoff that serves I don't know who. Why do you think people are gravitating to this movie? There's a reason. There is a reason. I don't know what it is, but there is a reason. I think the performance is, I mean, there's a a gravitational pull to the performance. I mean, (laughs) he's doing... And the character, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's doing... Joaquin is doing something that is uh, devastating. Like, he he is devastating himself to deliver this performance. Like, you can feel it in that strange laugh you know like i mean he is doing some interesting things here so i think it's the performance um and yeah i think there's a there's a white male rage to it that's there's a white male rage but there's also a anti-rich vibe Mm, running all across america Mm -hmm. um well yeah eat eat the rich is a huge theme this year yeah and that's that i think is as much to do as any of the white male rage stuff The, the the reason Never mind. It's Walking's performance is great. Film looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Decent pedigree. Mm-hmm. De Niro's in it. Mm-hmm. I just said the, the reason it's so disappointing for me is I just think the Emperor has no clothes. Like I just when I hear people talk about the Emperor's beautiful clothes, I'm like I don't. Where is it? Where's the message? I I don't. It's so empty. This movie yeah. is so empty it's of saying empty, anything. And then the the filmmaker and many people involved with it have tried to change your mind about its emptiness and tell you you just didn't get it which is only more infuriating it also it also robs for me personally as a batman comic fan it robs the joker of his laugh by making it yeah a nervous tick like a hiccup well it robs the joker of a lot of things it robs him of his intelligence it does yeah his intelligence is gone uh it, it paints him with a with the mental illness brush but it doesn't ever get any specific um but you know the joker's laugh was like psychotic it's terrifying, mm-hmm. uh, and in here it's it's like that. It's just awkward. Yeah. It makes everybody yeah. uncomfortable, and it's not like he's actually laughing. Yeah. The Joker finds the chaos he does funny. Yeah, he's not laughing because his brain is broken. Yeah. I mean, his well, brain's broken. But the other thing, I, the other thing I I continue to say about this movie is it came on on the scene in in 
at least from what I understood, was going to say, oh, we're going to do a quote-unquote superhero movie that's not a superhero movie. We're going to get all rid of that other stuff. This is going to be a human movie about the actual character. They, I Joker. think they still think that's what they made. They did. This is so a superhero it's movie. It's a Batman movie. They wink at so many Batman. Th- this is winking a nod at so... I mean, it's... But you're uh, going to see this now. You're going to see... They did such a good with such a good job with Thanos as a villain in the MCU. Mm. And now Joker's done well. We've got Morbius coming up with the previous Joker to be a Spider-Man villain that's somehow going to be in both Marvel canon and Sony canon. Yeah, that's an Venom. interesting development. Uh, but Venom, we already have. You're going to see more and more villain-centric movies that try and act like superheroes don't exist, but they're all trading on the superheroes. Yeah. Every well, single one of them. What I don't understand, though, is it connected with audiences, obviously. It made a billion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it connected with Academy voters that's the one that again i just think we're dealing with a lot of people who don't watch all the movies and so they see de niro they know joaquin's performance was amazing tick that box and it made a billion dollars but it's an art film the the one thing about this movie that is probably the most poignant is the thing that they just sort of write off pretty quickly and that's the uh the government funding towards mental health which is the sort of the the debate that we've been having with uh, you know mass shootings and mm-hmm. things like that where you know the the w- we want to have mental health we want to make sure that the people who are sick get it but we're not willing to give the money for yep. it uh you know so it's uh it, it they don't really explore that they just say well this is what's happened and, and that's the reason that this motherfucker does what he does. Yes. And he even says that's the reason that he does what he does. Yeah. And listen, had it been in a more nuanced hand, maybe I could buy a little bit of it, but not the way it's presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we uh, it can lick my side taints. <laughs> well, and it also it just gave itself too many outs, right? So you don't like it? Well, it was all dream none of that was real or you don't like that this guy became the joke maybe he didn't maybe he just inspired a future joker and you can't have all the cakes you got to eat one of them fuckers (laughs) it just feels (laughs) that's how that saying goes right yeah Yeah. marie antoinette said that i think yeah yeah uh it just feels like it 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 takes a subject that people normally don't take seriously and then it masquerades as this something is something that's serious and people are like, well, look at that. That is so different. Strips it down. Yeah. Look, that's so exciting how, it, you know, and it's, it, we've seen this story a lot. We've mm-hmm. seen this story a bunch. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I really don't. I never, I don't know, know if that I will either. That's why I like that. I think you wrote it. The one about letting De Niro play the Jerry Lewis role in oh, this re- yeah. <laughs> remake of King of Comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on to Parasite. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is is it a movie ad and Barrett is, is it? No, but this movie blew my fucking brain off. <laughs> I, You're not alone. I have never I tweeted this. I have never known what was coming less <laughs> next true. in a movie in my entire life. The f- it it plays like a comedy for the first 10 minutes and then it uh, just it just keeps turning corners. I don't expect it to turn and by the time it's done, I'm like, that is a beautiful, unexpected conglomeration of weird shit. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. They, they put that on the poster. I mean, a beautiful conglomeration of weird shit. I mean, <laughs> Jeremy Scott. at least two thirds of the movie, I'm waiting for a monster of some kind to show up. Yeah. And there are human monsters, I suppose, in this movie, but not. 
uh, the the beauty of this movie is that kind of, but not all the way. Nobody's a hero and nobody's a villain. What I like is the game I like playing ever since I saw it is who's the parasite. Who's the titular parasite? Because mm-hmm. I could make a case for about six different characters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the point. Yep. Uh, there is no one in my mind making more original films than Bong Joon-ho. Mm-hmm. I have not seen The Host. I will rectify oh, that. You have not seen The Host. I thought it was horror. It's so good. Well, you've no, seen it's... The Parasite. You need to see The Host. <laughs> okay, yeah. My point is I saw Snowpiercer and I saw Okja, and those are two of the most Okja! inventive movies. Okja! <laughs> those are two of the most inventive movies I've ever seen. And then this one I watched, even if it was horror, because of that, and now it's not... It is... Well, it's, it has horror elements. It's not a monster horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Not a demon movie. Um, but this is... He should win the most inventive filmmaker award forever. Yeah. yeah. No one is as clever as this guy. Yeah. I will watch anything he makes. Nice. I will I watch... Liked it. He could remake Nymphomaniac Part 1 and 2, and I will watch <laughs> Oh, it would be amazing. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, this is another one of those weird Academy things where they don't want to give acting nominations to, yeah, there's the, non-English speaking roles. Sure. I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, this, it's a loaded phrase, but there's systemic racism in that, right? Like there's this idea of, um, what a great movie. Well, was it great? Not because the actors were, were they not doing great work, you know? And I think it is just, it's just something, it's not intentional racism. It's not like, you know, I'm not going to give them a nomination because they're Asian. It's just this thing where, uh, you know, those subtle nuances of like me, not like me, and you just don't think of it in that way. It's so. hard to, it's hard to know if you're an actor, an English speaking actor, and you're watching someone speak Korean where they're making their nuances yes. and things of that nature. And, yeah, because you're and, reading the subtitles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's what what it comes down to. That's probably the best point of it, is that they're reading the subtitles, yeah. right? Um, but uh, God, Parasite is so good, man. Yes, it is. I am, I am actually shocked it got as many Oscar nominations as it did because – um because i felt like it was just going to be one of those movies that just got forgotten for some reason and i'm glad it got what it did for sure and i'm you know i'm i'm excited for what did for that. it got nominated for best picture best picture mm-hmm. best director and best screenplay no I believe screenplay was in there you know i think it deserves to win deserves to win any of those but mm-hmm. i think it should come away with it if, if, if there's any fairness in the world it should win one it should yeah. win one of those awards yeah i agree yeah, it's um, screenplay and uh, film editing and production design. Ooh. Production design. Production be... design is the one it should win for. They that built whole, that whole fucking house. house was a those set, are, man. Those are the other nominations? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they built that whole house from scratch. My favorite part in this is when it's... You're, you're right about all the curveballs, but there's a part where a group of characters is stuck in a position... Oh, my God. ...and the some other characters do something completely unexpected... And they're just oh, waiting it out. Go <laughs> clockwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a hard movie. You can't talk about this really right, without spoilers. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's new enough that people should watch this without spoilers. Okay. And uh, that movie is that movie is great. It's funny. It's tense. It's scary. It's inventive and clever. Uh, just watch it. You'll love it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to since I first saw it. But um, on to jumanji the next level <laughs> ah. you know all i've heard about this movie is it's okay <laughs> yeah that's about right 
You saw it? I did. I think not Eric, as good as the previous. It's not as good as the first one. Uh, after Jonathan and I did our mini pod, uh, we had one one person tell us that we didn't understand the movie. <laughs> of course. Um, when you say the first one, you mean the second one. I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. Well, and especially since now that they're sort of officially connecting yeah. that first 1995 movie. Well, they to- connected it in the first one pretty strongly. Yeah, yeah. but... They, they said his character's name. Yeah, I mean, they, they said his character's name, and then, like, <laughs> they didn't really have any... In the second one, they have a character who is from... That well, and they're one. doing sequel baiting that is in the, in the second one that is definitely tying it into the first one so, yeah. yeah but um i uh i didn't like i didn't i didn't like the whole game part of this of this movie which is a big part of the movie well it's kind of the central part of the jumanji movies it's well, supposed to be yeah i mean you can i mean you can laugh along with them as they're playing this game but i didn't like any of it it's a um i didn't like just i i there's the scene in the trailer where they're running across the bridges with all the monkeys and everything and it's to me it's just too much yeah, it's just, just noise too much for me i yeah. don't even care there's a point at the beginning uh, before they get on those bridges that jack black uh is going through the whole like oh i can see all the ways that we're gonna go and i was like oh they're gonna actually show us how they're gonna get across this and then once that plan is done I have no idea what they're supposed to be doing mm, at yeah. that point. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, like, and, and there's a point where they even jump to one thing and somebody jumps to another and they're like, no, no, it's got to be this one. And you're like, why? Why does it have to be this <laughs> <I know>. one? <laughs> um, None of it matters. But uh, I didn't like I didn't like the fact that like it seemed like to me the uh, the whole the whole movie is one. The whole game is one with something that they may have never had in. They, they may have never had a character that would come that came along with that's the thing that bothered me the most about the movie there's a lot about this movie that doesn't make logical sense uh it's there's a lot of that stuff and and for its flaws that first one at least for me the game stuff kind of made sense and i you know i enjoyed that in the again when i say the first i mean the second one uh but in this one yeah it's just it's it turns into a lot of nonsense yeah and that's i mean it like and a lot of convenience yeah like especially they they foreshadow they foreshadow convenience in this movie which is awesome which is interesting to me but there's you know this I, i don't know what's a spoiler and what's not necessarily but the idea that they can play different characters and change characters within the and it's just like it's like oh you jumped in this pond and now you're all the exact people you want to like there's no explanation there's no it's just here's the pond of convenience well yeah and i was i was i was told also in that facebook post (laughs) that uh well you know you don't you didn't see all of the time that they were in the pool they could have they could have gone through different character changes and then finally got to the ones that they wanted right and we just didn't see that right sure Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, one thing this movie did teach me, though, is that uh, uh, Jack Black is a good actor. Like, legitimately. Mm-hmm. He is the best at playing all the different, like, archetypes and the, the characters. Like, of the people, he's the one I most believed was being in, you know, um, whatever, inhabited. So really, they... Just, this Jumanji sequel kind of ripped off the Fantastic Four Silver Surfer, didn't it? Sure. With the like everybody's powers changing, yeah. you remember it? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. or uh, heart and souls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or heart and souls. <laughs> All right, guys, it is time to talk about BetterHelp. Oh, I love BetterHelp. Okay, so I logged on to BetterHelp uh, a couple days ago, actually, 
to uh, to reconnect with my my counselor that I got matched with. And just almost immediately, not saying this happens all the time, but I've got a really good counselor. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she got, she got back to me almost immediately saying, "Hey, how's it going? What's up? Did you go over that stuff that I sent you recently it's on mindfulness?" Which I usually am like, "Oh, mindfulness. Who needs that?" It really, really helped, especially at the time. Uh, and all that comes from going to this counseling room on the BetterHelp app or the BetterHelp website, uh, and it, it couldn't be more convenient. So BetterHelp is an online counseling uh, uh, system where basically you log on, go to betterhelp.com slash syncast, and they will direct you on how to kind of uh, get started in your experience. It'll ask you a few things about how you've been feeling, what you want to focus on, uh, where you live, that kind of thing, and, and just kind of get your overall experience. doesn't take very long. Within about 24 hours or less, with me it was much less, because i got a good therapist, <laughs> uh, uh, you get matched to a counselor, and it sets up your whole meeting room. You can do appointments there. You can do texting there. You can do messaging there. Uh, and you can do your video chat there. It could not be easier. I am in love with this service. And it is something that honestly uh, has changed many, many lives. We've heard from a lot of listeners who have done this. Uh, we've heard from them because they, they signed up after they heard it here. Uh, it, it couldn't be more satisfying, uh, for us because this is a product that we totally believe in. One of my favorite things about BetterHelp is how it lowers the barrier to entry, mm -hmm. uh, for doing therapy. And there are many people, I mean, there are many people who don't think they need therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we all could benefit from someone to talk to and having those. And so this is a great way when you lower those barriers to entry, if for you to go, Oh, what is therapy like? What is that like to talk to somebody about what I'm going through? What is it like to get help mm -hmm. with these things that I need to process? And I just don't have anyone in my life to process them with. Uh, this gives you that opportunity if you've ever had a thought like that or even if you're just having it now for the first time mm -hmm. to go there and just say, OK, let me try this. Let me see how this works. And I think you will see the benefits uh, right away of, of having that in your life. So the beauty of counseling is that uh, it, it's a, it sounds like a cliche. You don't have to do it alone because I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't be like, oh, I am feeling depressed. I need to work on this cognitive behavioral thing today and this and that kind of thing, even though I've been on the other side of that. Uh, so when you get hooked up with a therapist or a counselor, they will help guide you onto the, the issues that, that may help you, uh, in the long run. And, uh, couldn't recommend it more. It's betterhelp.com. If you're having issues, depression, anxiety, uh, addiction, just really any mental health issue, uh, go to betterhelp.com slash syncast. You get you 10% off your first month, uh, which is meaningful for sure. If you feel like you need it, Really, really check it out. Betterhelp.com slash Zencast. Uh, we love it. We love it. On to a movie that will have no controversy whatsoever. Uncut Gems. Ooh. I still haven't seen it because I'm afraid. I don't think you'll <laughs> like it. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, Barrett did not, and no. I think you said you didn't. I, I don't enjoy it. I don't hate it. I, I don't think I hate it, hate it as much as Barrett does, but I don't like it. Let yeah, I, I didn't. I, for me, I just didn't connect to it. Like I, the tension worked. Mm -hmm. The Safety brothers get tension. Yes. So, so the the idea of like it had me on the edge of my seat. It had gripped me, but at the end, I didn't. I didn't feel anything because yep. I don't think they. For as good as they are at tension, I think they don't get how to connect you to characters. Like, I don't think they get what makes characters 
work. Mm. So um, yeah, um, and I and I personally thought that the way they did, especially Adam Sandler, who is a very unlikable, not redeemable character, true whatsoever. I thought that was their their point and their effort for this movie, which which could be. But the way this movie ends is with an event that I think we're supposed to feel something, but because that's his character, I didn't feel any. I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's tough, to, it's tough to, to justify one way or the other, but I, I, I agree that if you don't feel anything for him, then certain things that happen in this movie you're not going to connect with. But I thought it was actually perfect it was a perfect thing for that to happen like and i was i was like getting into sure. it it's almost rube goldbergian right like it's almost like a rube goldberg machine mm-hmm. you know what yeah. the outcome is but you're still kind of tense like how is the ball going to hit the pin and is the pin going to hit the yeah yeah so, so i get that so jeremy this is anxiety the movie mm-hmm. i wouldn't i that's the thing about this movie mm-hmm. is that it is uh the there are scenes in this where like there's so much going on and so much like outlying danger to everything that that it and it's just trying to keep up with it all when if you're like anxious and anxiety you know you're you're going to feel it you're Mm. going to be like oh my god yeah exactly (laughs) um but uh yeah i it it was weird i did not expect to like this i thought adam sandler's character was just a hateable person the entire time yet i still was like this is exactly what they were going for and I enjoyed exactly what they were, what they did with it. So. I, I agree. This is the the movie that I disliked the most, with liking all of its parts the most. Right, sure. Mm-hmm. All of the performances, Adina Menzel, his girlfriend, I forget his her name, Eric Bogosian, like uh, Kevin Garnett is really good he's in this good. movie. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, I loved every part of this. Like I said, I actually even loved the score too. Yeah, it did its job. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, I just didn't connect with with anything and well, uh, made he- it just empty even beyond adam sandler who is the centerpiece of this movie the other characters feel so to me sidelined lakeith stanfield is great in this movie when he's in it but like what's his what's what's his deal like what's his part like what's he supposed it to represent been you know expanded for sure yeah. um in the same with uh adina menzel's character you know like it's i, I get her role in his life in a, a very paint by numbers kind of way but like, what's her deal? What's what's her motive? If there's yeah. one, if there's one thing about this movie I hate is that they don't really define that what's going on with her. At yeah, all. it yeah. makes no sense. Like mm-hmm. none of it makes sense. Why yeah. is she? Why is she so beholden to him? Yeah, we know we know women out there who have like dated gigantic assholes, mm-hmm. and we're like, why is that? Uh, but in this particular instance, it doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. I feel like they should have given more screen time to the weekend. <laughs> they should have. You're correct. Okay. It's the real weekend in this. Or um, the real the weekend. I don't care about him. <laughs> it's like the full weekend, man. Yeah. It's a full weekend. It includes even like Friday night. He gets, oh, a, yeah. he gets a boner. He gets a boner? Yeah, he he gets does. A boner. It's good. I, I still don't care about yeah. him. Yeah. It's apparently big. Yeah. Uh, Some weekends are harder than others. Speaking of boners, <laughs> let's talk about It Chapter 2. <laughs> um yeah so is the is the problem with it chapter two the book the source material it's not helping anything but also the the biggest problem to me with this movie is that they feel like 
they're forcing the chemistry with the adult cast that they had naturally with the the kid cast. Mm. Um, and it's it's crazy because they've got such a great adult cast. Uh, for the most part, Ben was a little odd to me, and Eddie was a little. Well, Eddie was fun. Uh, but the other ones are superstars, and they just couldn't get the same thing, the, the magic that they have with the kids. I, I I agree that the source material is an issue. But for me, the main issue is that in It Chapter One, the reason I liked it, a person who doesn't usually like horror movies, the reason I enjoyed it is because it was very much daytime horror. It was very mm. much, we're not shying away from showing you things. This is like if you were standing on the street and watched this clown take out this kid's arm, this is what it would look like, yeah. you know, kind of thing. As opposed to all the horror cliches of darkened rooms and stuff jumping out from the corners. And in Chapter Two, it was just all the cliches. <laughs> it was just all the tropes. There's the even- daytime horror went away and we were back in the Conjuring universe or something. Yeah. Like, you know, it's- there's even a sin in the sense video where it's the it's uh you know he's out there uh remembering the synagogue and all that stuff and i was like you, you like this scene good because it's gonna be dark for the next fucking hour of this fucking movie <laughs> pitch black because they're in the cave for like a fucking hour oh god yeah yeah exactly what aaron said it's just it, it just it, it is devolved into something that's like every other horror movie at this yeah. point and uh i i didn't enjoy it's a waste it. the, the i mean again we we are it's it's like um i guess it's like a tv series that try that would try to change casts or something like an anthology i guess mm. but i don't know it's it's the fact that we have spent all this time with the kids and they're so great and now they're shitty adults uh, and they're great actors, but it, they're having to manufacture this friendship. Over, you know, it's mm-hmm. it felt like the kids probably spent time with each other before they filmed. Yeah. And whereas these guys, they were so busy doing other movies and everything else that there's no. So I haven't seen the second one because you guys were pretty down on it. Is there any reason to believe that Pennywise isn't coming back in 27 more years or whatever the fuck? Like, what do they do yeah. as adults to defeat him that they didn't do as kids? They make fun of him. Yeah, they, <laughs> he's, seriously, they make fun of him. They bully him until he sinks into a thing and I'm melting and then they crush his heart. In, Spoiler. Including including one of the dumbest uh, insults of all time, uh, which is, you're nothing but a fucking mommy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. I could. I was. I, he said it over and over again because <laughs> it's hurling insults at him. Like you're a joke. You're bullshit. You're all this. And then, like you're a fucking mummy. And he turns into a mummy. <laughs> Chris is like, you're supposed to be scared of a mummy. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Um, what uh, Tom Cruise hears in his nightmares every night. That's it right. is exactly what he hears. Right. Um, we move on to. A movie that only Aaron has seen. Oh. It's called The Farewell. So none of you guys got around to seeing The Farewell. Uh, it has been nominated for Best Picture, which is why uh, we're talking about it. I think uh, the uh, American Film Institute put it on their Best Picture list. Mm. Um, I think it's worth seeing. Uh, it is. I didn't love it as much as most critics did, uh, but um, it is a true story, uh, which I heard first on This American Life podcast, which is becoming more and more of a thing where... Great stories are coming mm-hmm. from podcasts. and, and Hey, we got 200 and some episodes right here, Hollywood. That's right. That's right. Let's bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Aquafina is great in it. She's showing that she can be, you know, a dramatic actor uh, as well. Can you be a dramatic actor if your name is Aquafina? I think so. I think uh, that's I what think, the very well shows us. Uh, I think you ought to I think you ought to have to use like a- What about Ice Cube? What about well, fuck Ice Cube? What about fucking uh, <laughs> fucking uh, fucking Euphoria? Fucking uh, Zendaya? Zendaya, Zendaya well, yeah. She's got a last name, right? Well, I'm sure Aquafina 
has a last name, Nestle. She know. named herself after a water. <laughs> I think she's got like a, a depth of talent that we she haven't does. seen yet. Like similar to Zendaya. That's awesome. That's a stupid fake name. I don't understand fake names. Madonna, so, but rappers. Why are, I don't understand why we need to downgrade her performance. Or I'm just she, being a crank. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I understand. These kids call themselves. I understand hating the name. I just don't understand why. Like that's our focus. No. Okay. Fine. She's great in this movie. You can do more than whatever she did before uh, this. I would recommend to watch. It is. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful story. It's. It's definitely one of those where you get to step into a different culture yeah. than yours. And the idea of you know lying to a loved one about their basic death sentence. You know, based on their health and just saying no, you're fine. Um, but then having like a a party, which is really kind of a going away party, like it's it's a really kind of interesting. I didn't cultural. even realize that was what it was about. I yeah. haven't heard anything about this movie other than it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's the idea of she has been more Americanized because she's. Uh, it's the story of uh, the director uh, Lulu Wang. Mm. I think is correct. Uh, and she uh, was called back to say goodbye to her grandmother. I think, but they don't tell. Her grandmother that she's dying mm-hmm. um they throw it as like a birthday party or some other party but it's them all saying goodbye to her and mm-hmm. she doesn't even know so it's part of their culture that they they lie to their elders so that every you know they just figure it's part of the culture something tells me the elders might have an idea what's going on <laughs> <laughs> what's I'm, this big party i'm, 80, I'm 88 years old i have a tumor and they're giving me birthday cake <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something's it's quite possible <laughs> Um, the movie that we all saw at Sin Week, Us, Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out. Um, I watched this twice in the last two weeks. Oh, yeah? Because it's been playing on HBO within the mm. last uh, maybe month or so. You get to see it with subtitles, finally. Subtitles help a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how much it helps a lot. Like, she lays it all out. Mm-hmm. The first scene. Yes, she does. Where they're sitting across from Lapita, she tells her everything. And when we were at Sin Week, I had no idea what she said. <laughs> I just thought she was... <gasps> I knew she was speaking, oh, when, but I didn't know she when was they like first meet up. I didn't know yeah. she was like once upon a time there was a girl and her tether, and when the girl gave birth, the baby was ripped out of the tethered body by herself. I didn't catch any of that the first time because it's impossible to hear. Anyway, this movie gets better for me. Um, I can imagine because you it liked is, it even when you didn't I did, understand. I did. I did. Visual. It just had so much going for it visually mm-hmm. that first viewing that was interesting, and now it falls apart. Like, if you try and hold up to the Hands Across America conceit here that we've got going on, I don't I don't know if it holds up, but I think I might ultimately enjoy watching this more than Get Out. Well, you know, ultimately, you just have, I mean, that's, and we came, kind of came to this conclusion before, it's just whether that matters to you or not. You know, like, whether that's going to distract you yeah. from enjoying the movie. And for me, the only reason it does distract me is because the movie itself wants to lay out the rules. It, it wants to say, here's how it all works. Well, okay, but now you're making me think about it. And it actually doesn't work, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's, I think there's a limit to how much they're actually setting up rules, and yeah. that, that's why I think I accept it more. Uh, the, at Sin Week, actually, I think I went to sleep after we watched it, thinking it was a C plus B minus movie, and then woke up thinking it was an A because I thought about it all night. Uh, yeah, I I love this movie. I agree, it gets better every time. Lupita got it. robbed. If we want to talk about yeah, getting totally. robbed, 100%. The, the biggest uh, rob in the entire Oscar nominations for I agree. sure. She would be. I don't even know how this works. Could she be nominated for both roles? No, no. She would have to be nominated for both the, ones or yeah. individually. Yes, but I, I would think it would be 
not a supporting role. If she if she had gotten nominated, I think it would be lead actress. Which one is the lead though? She's she is. Well, you're not nominated for you're, you're not, not nominated, nominated for roles. Character. You're nominated for the movie. Like for yeah. instance, if Peter Sellers got nominated for Doctor Strangelove, it would be for the entire body of. It's work. a performance. Okay, it's not a it doesn't have to be individual characters. Correct. You're not yeah. nominated That's as what a I was character. I'm sorry. Yeah. I asked so if wrong. Paul okay. Rudd were nominated for the two Paul Rudd show <laughs> on Netflix, which Paul Rudd would show up to accept the? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she. So that was the answer to my question. She could be nominated. One time for both roles. For the yeah. performance. And because, I think that's because why... Because she could get nominated for either one <laughs> But I think that's why yeah. she's the biggest snub, is she, she goes she shows two extremes in one film, yeah. and, and, and very clearly still sharing some DNA, those two characters. Uh, she's mesmerizing in this movie. Mm. Agreed. Um, in fact, Peter Sellers was nominated for Doctor Strange Love. For all three performances? <laughs> yes, and you're, you're talking about his performance singular but all all the performances because it's for the movie not the character i guess if jack black were nominated for fatties (laughs) yes yeah was he not going man this is fun it's fun was he he nominated two you were nominated (laughs) um <laughs> uh, <laughs> on to something hilarious, Richard Jewell. <laughs> you saw this, didn't you, Chris? I did. I did. I, did. Um, I I really liked this. I did too, actually. Um, I I I uh, I don't know. This is one of those movies that sort of got a lot of. Uh, you know, it had a lot of news attached to it before it came out. Well, and it got taken to task, I think, correctly for the portrayal of the the female reporter mm-hmm. uh, sleeping with a source to get information when this is a real person who mm-hmm. there's no evidence actually did something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think rightfully so it got called to task for that. And there is also uh, some people reading into it that well, the FBI got it wrong back then. What about now? What's going on with our world now? And so, oh, like a yeah. lot of people are yeah, sort yeah, of, yeah. of uh, making that same leap because Clint right. Eastwood is a famous conservative, right. and everything. But I mean, I didn't look at it that way. I, I didn't just, either. I just more, I just more thought about this is the story that he wanted to tell, and it's about a guy. I mean, it's it is shameful what happens to this dude. It's a uh, and uh, and this uh, this guy Hauser. What's his last? What's his full Paul name? Paul Hauser. Paul Walker. <laughs> Paul Walker House Paul? Paul Walker. It's, yeah. It's uh, something Hauser. I can't remember the whole name, but this He's guy great, is man. great in this. Walter. Paul Walter Hauser. Paul Walter Hauser. That's okay. his name. Uh, and, uh, he's been great in everything that I've seen him in so far. And, uh, by the way, he's hilarious. Just like if you get a chance to catch him in a podcast interview or something, mm-hmm. he's quick witted, funny, clever. Mm-hmm. He's a real good hang. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he, he, and, and it seemed, and then this is a character that you're, it's easy to underestimate all the way through because he's got this Southern accent and he's mm-hmm. got, you know, uh, he, 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 he goes way too far with yeah. uh, certain things, and then you know, of course, he's going to be seen as a joke all the way through. The- he's socially unaware. Yeah, you know, we all we all know these. Well, you know, we all are these people in some ways or another in our lives. You know, but he is that person you know that's just socially awkward. And um, but but yeah, so it'd be easy to understand how he'd be underestimated, accused, those kind of things. But yeah. they just didn't do their job. He's, um, that actor's from Black Klansman, right? Yes, yeah, yes. That yeah. He has, he has a funny he's a funny moment in Black Klansman because he keeps he wants to say something 
to uh, to uh, uh, John David Washington. He wants to say something to him, <laughs> but he does he doesn't have the words. He can't. He just wants to look at him and just. Uh, I don't know about you, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> and then, and just keep go tries to go into the room. And he turns around. <laughs> you know and uh he's great nitanya as well oh, yes yeah, yeah. Um, Galuli? Galuli. he's Galuli. Galuli. yeah uh but uh but yeah another this is another sam rockwell great performance for him and he's well. not a racist asshole in this he's one, not right? a racist asshole he's one of the sneakily hardest working guys in hollywood and he's good in everything he is he he's is. even good in that charlie's angels 2000 <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, we have fun. Yeah, we do. We do. I just think this is a well-made movie, and the fact that Clint made it in like two months, mm-hmm. like it was one of those things. As you know, during award season, probably around October-ish, beginning of November, is when we'll start getting screeners and that kind of stuff. And I think it was mid-November or early November when they're like, "Oh, actually, uh, Richard Jewell's going to be in the awards race this year," and it's like because they didn't even know it was going to come out this year. Wow! Oh, wow. But he just turned it around so fast; it was just like. And that is uh, uh, his classic Clint, right? Yeah. Because he comes from TV and he doesn't do very many like uh, rehearsals. Yeah, one take Clint. One take Clint, and uh, and he moves on. That's and... what my college girlfriend called. Me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> She called you Clint? Yeah. Uh. Well, when we were role-playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, am I seeing this right? We all saw Hobbs and Shaw? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, well, I did. Actually, no. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't see Hobbs I and Shaw. I think I marked that. Just, all four uh, of us have it marked. I might have marked it out of spite. I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did, too. I saw the no, six I think I did out of accident. Okay, okay. So it was just me and Aaron that That's saw crazy. Hobbs and Shaw then. We posted it accident. When I, when I looked at it, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jeremy didn't just pop this fucking movie. No, I his, did not see it. Yeah, uh, you know, Maybe Barrett did. But, uh, we kind of had this discussion earlier this week, we? Didn't we did. Lost a lot of respect for me, didn't you, Chris? Uh, yeah. A little bit. No, it's 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 exactly the opposite of what you were saying earlier about a movie that you have that you know you like all the pieces, mm. but you just don't like the movie. This is a movie I know I dislike all the pieces that I somehow had a good time at, but Ooh. that's almost every rock movie for me. That is, that's it's Skyscraper, the, that's Rampage, that's, you know. Maybe like Fast you just like the rock. movies, though, right? I, is that, I mean, yeah. Can you separate that from, like, movies? I don't know. I don't know if, if I'm able to do that. Because Rampage but. definitely sucks. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. I know. I know. Yes. You're not telling me anything I don't know. But I had fun watching it. <laughs> Fair enough. I hate enough. movies where in the the action like this this really just sort of this really comes to light when you're sinning the movie more than anything. Yes. Uh but I hate it when I'm watching an action scene and I don't know anything about the geography of the place and it doesn't feel like the characters do but they're constantly bailed out by things that just come out of nowhere and it doesn't make any sense. There's a part where Statham is driving his car and he's driving like speeding through this factory area and everything. And he's looking straight ahead the whole time. And then he goes, he goes, hold on. And then turns to the hard hairpin turn left. And then suddenly there's this big like ramp 
looking thing that's right there that i'm like you couldn't have known that was there <laughs> in and and he drives up that thing there's drones shooting at him there's all sorts of just nonsense on the screen <laughs> he goes through this building and speeds through the building and then he's like hold on and then jumps through this window assuming that there's another building on the other yeah, side there you go he doesn't know there's another building on the side on the other side how did you, who told you to put the bomb on <laughs> you know and, i bombed up don't you? <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah i understand that there are people out there who are like yeah this is this is my jam i'm fine with it and it's cool yeah i guess i mean i'm able to forgive it i'm able to suspend my my disbelief because i think the the movie understands that it's not trying to to do that right like that's again that's part of it i hate to compare it to us but it's it's kind of that same thing where it's harder for me to forgive us because i don't think the movie understands that it's not being logical but i think everybody making hobbs and shaw understands they're making a super ridiculous superhero movie mm. they're not really trying to do anything you know that makes There's sense a scene where the rock like hold the captain america oh yes uh, captain america's the helicopter, helicopter. yeah man yeah, yeah. of course yeah, yeah. No the gorgeous arms oh yeah just hanging on you really do like it. <laughs> yeah that's, i got a thing man that's true uh sam mendes's 1917 oh i really can't wait to talk about this movie uh, well, good news. We're here. <laughs> yes. We have arrived. You raved about it uh, mm. a few weeks ago, mm. and I still wasn't prepared to like it. It, it. it just, you know how you said that you, you couldn't get it up for America or uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Indeed. For You really didn't know why. Yeah. Same thing with this. For whatever reason, I guess I'm burned out on war movies, which is weird because there hasn't been a whole sure. lot. Uh, but I'm like, all right, I've probably seen this before. I, I have never seen this before. This was gorgeous. It has a twist in the middle that is perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It, besides the distracting sudden Cumberbatch, uh, this movie was was beautiful. Well, that, uh, there's there's sudden everybody. Every checkpoint they have is played by some actor that we that we know. A yeah. series of unfortunate cameos. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you have Colin Firth. You have Andrew Scott. You yeah, have, yeah. You know. Oh, I forgot. Mark, Mark Strong, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, and it feels like uh, we were sort of discussing this before this podcast. It feels like war movies have been doing this yeah. a lot lately. Like uh, we were talking about the thin red line and how it did that. And, uh, the heart locker does that yeah. and everything. It's, it's some neat thing that directors have glommed on to. <laughs> we need a general here. Yeah. Let's, let's get somebody who will work, uh, for scale on this one thing. <laughs> get but, Bill Gates in here. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, 1917, the, the, the idea, they, they make it look like it's all one shot. And it, the, the cinematography, I, I didn't know who did it, but once I saw certain shots, I was like, this is fucking Deacons. Yeah. I guarantee you it's Deacons. And, uh, and he should win again for this, probably, uh, of uh, all the things that I've seen this year. But, um, Go and look and find some of the uh, behind the scenes. It's great on this thing. Oh, it's so great, man! That kid was on Kimmel or somebody, and that that kid that does the final run towards the camera, mm-hmm. and he wasn't supposed to fall down. Yeah, like they when he got knocked over by the guy when he ran he into got, the guy, he gets knocked over twice. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't supposed to get knocked over once. He wasn't supposed to fall down at all. But they, he says we had a rule because everything on this was such a big, huge production, and we did all these rehearsals. You do not stop acting until you hear the word cut. So he got knocked down, and he got up and kept running, and he gets knocked down again, and it adds so much urgency, and like truth to that run mm. 
that's surprising to me. They didn't script it for him to fall down. What's even more incredible to me is the stuff that's manufactured that still feels seamless. Yeah. Because of the tricks they have to do with the camera, there's a great behind the scenes where it shows the side-by-side of that run with how they're moving the camera oh, yeah. and how they're hand-holding it, and then they, they have to move it to a dolly. So he's coming up out of the the um, the ditch, and because they have to handhold and get it locked into the dolly, he takes a second to look like look at the spectacle around him. Yeah, because he can't keep running because mm. they've got to wait for that camera to oh, get on that dolly. That's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But you never notice that seam. It's just part of the great performance. But it, it but it certainly was for the ability to get that camera locked in. Yeah, this reminds the, me the a lot dolly. of uh, Mission Impossible Fallout in the sense that you know I can I can appreciate it as a work of art. But I can appreciate it on a whole other level at just the fucking planning mm-hmm. and coordinating the directing of that movie must have yeah. evolved. You know, like Mendez didn't have to set all these challenges for himself, <laughs> but he did. Uh, and not only does he pull it off, it's a fucking home run, man. I just I have so much respect for this movie. Yeah, I, I truly believe the best art happens in a constrained environment and the idea that you give yourself boundaries and that's where some of the most creative stuff happens um one of the reasons i love nolan films is he gives himself these constrained boundaries to the type of movies he's doing whether it be the way time works or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then he has to figure it out and so you have to make those paradigm shifts Mm -hmm. right and so that's that's i think that's happening here in 1917 too that's Mm -hmm. the thing that i keep hearing from filmmakers uh every time I hear somebody talk about a movie is that directing is problem solving and that, you know, that there's, there's a, a lot of things that they, you know, they plan for, but then there's always something that just screws everything up. And so a lot of the times where they have to do that last minute change or whatever, and they, and they, they make it better somehow because of that. Yep. You know, so uh, I, I I really enjoy that type of thing. 1917 is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, on to probably the best theater experience we've all had this year, except for Aaron. Except for me. I wasn't there with you. John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. <laughs> Was not. What did you expect from this movie? Nothing. Like everything, Nothing. like the other John Wicks, right? So, like, so I think we both had, or we all had low expectations, camaraderie. And plus, it's a great movie. Yeah, and it, like oh, all it's that... a fun buddy movie too. Oh, the fact God. that you all went together and everything, yeah. like I totally get it. Yeah. I mean, it's the funniest movie of the year. Just because <laughs> it is. I mean, it's pretty. Granted, funny. if you just looked at our row laughing, that's the funniest movie that was produced all year long. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot, a lot of it is because the action is funny yeah. and unexpected. But man, for me, it was a it was a total leap from John Wick two, even mm-hmm. John Wick one, which were. I always was frustrated when those movies were getting called some of the best modern action movies because I think the Bourne movies are better than the first two John Wicks and I think the Raid movies. And then John Wick 3 comes along and it's like, hey, you like those Raid movies? We're going to do all that for the whole two hours <laughs> and you're going to love it. We're going to do a horse kick. And it's going to be, they're going to have two fucking killer dogs. Mm-hmm. And God, that movie is just, I love it. I love it so much. I I, I, I almost wanted to vote for it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely didn't have, I didn't have more fun watching a movie this year for sure. Now, it, some of that was the 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 group aspect of it, but I, you know, watching it again during Sin's time for it, I felt like yeah. uh, I had that same experience all over again. Aaron, however, 
He's he hated it. I did not. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, for me, it's a it's a series of diminishing returns with the franchise. And so the what I loved about this franchise is increasingly becoming not interesting to the people doing this franchise. It is evident now that from the beginning, the most interesting part of this was the action part of this for them. Mm-hmm. Great. That's great. But that's not what made the first one an excellent movie to me. Um, so I think if they had all been like this, I'd probably be right there with you and just, you know, like the raid movies or whatever. Um, but because the first one felt so meaningful and purposeful to me, there's, there's space in that first movie. You know, there's, there's emotion, there's character development, there's world building. And then in the second one, you know, the, there's a lot more world building and a little less of the character stuff and still the action. And this one, it's for me, it just felt like it's pretty much just action. There's first one was emotional. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the dog and a little bit of the Moynihan, but like... The Moynihan. <laughs> there's, this, there's this whole moment with... Um, oh, who is it that plays the friend? Uh, the car shop... Um, Leguizamo. Like, yeah, Leguizamo. He has this stuff with Leguizamo that is all about character, and it's it's a really interesting scene towards the beginning of that movie hmm. that just these, these, these future movies aren't interested in, and, and again, that's fine. I had a great time. It just when I look at it from an above perspective, that I, it, there's a bit of unfort, a bit of disappointment for me as a John Wick fan mm. uh, as to where it heads. But did I you have, see the difference. The desert and all that. Did you have yeah. a better time in this or Hobbs and Shaw? Oh, this for oh, okay. sure, one hundred percent. This. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we'll have to ask you to leave. Sir. Yeah, yeah. No, this is to me. In this, in this, may, it may sound a little sacrilegious or whatever, but it is. The, but to me, this is the best version of the Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw mindset mm-hmm. of let's just do crazy stuff on screen, make it look cool, and have fun with superheroes like that. That's you know, or superheroes who are also supposed to be human. This is the best version of that, and I think that's because these directors. Um, well, I think technically are co-directors, but weren't allowed to call themselves co-directors. I forget how they had On to go the through. On the John Wick movie? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not it's sure because man, right? nowadays, like, team directors are Everywhere. common. Yeah. yeah, I think on the first one, for whatever reason, the guild wouldn't let them call themselves co-directors yeah that but anyways was, that was the thing that uh, had been going on with the cohen brothers for the yeah. longest time and i think they still just put joel cohen on there yeah anyways that that is beside the point but you can you can tell that they are doing what they love and that they're really good at it yeah. and that's i think this is the best version of that movie yeah i agree um another a movie that only uh, aaron and i have seen uh, called hustlers um so I thought this was perfectly fine. I didn't think it was great in any way. Did you think J Lo should have gotten nominated for this? I I don't. Um, I I think I'm right with you. This is I think this is a really good movie. Um, but I I found a little bit of the same problem I have with Goodfellas as in this movie, mm. where it's just like I can, I I see what you're doing here, but I'm having trouble connecting to rooting for these people without also understanding the consequence of their their humanity it is justifying their actions yeah. because of the world they live in and, right and it's easy for us to go well there's a yeah there's a it has to be fair damn it like they can do this because it's they're making it fair and you're still just committing crimes yeah <laughs> i will tell you i loved uh i don't remember her her name who who directed this movie some somebody could look that up while i'm talking but she shoots this is going to sound weird 
if you want to see a striptease shot with Scafaria. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to see a striptease shot with a female gaze instead of a male gaze, mm. watch oh, this movie. Sure. No, it's, I don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I did. I thought it was fascinating. I thought, I, I really, when, the, when JLo is stripping in this movie, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was gorgeous. And wait, it, and wait, wait. JLo is a stripper in this movie? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Full on stripping. Yeah. We'll see you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And she, and she has, she still looks like she's 35. You know, I never had a J-Lo thing, mm-hmm. but oddly, the single most vivid sex dream I've ever had in my life was with J-Lo. Really? And she, I was her kept boy up in the penthouse, and she would go do <laughs> interviews and just come back and fuck me. <laughs> this was right around that green flower cleavage jet dress she oh, wore yeah. 20 oh, yeah. years yeah, ago. That was her yeah. moment, yeah. <laughs> most vivid sex dream I've ever had in my whole life. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, I, I, I definitely had a J-Lo thing. Well, uh, good to know. Um, <laughs> to finish my thought about the female gaze, yeah, uh, yeah. So the way the cam, but the way the camera shoots it, it just it feels so much less salacious, mm. you know. It, and it, you really can feel the difference it makes when a, a female looks at. Um, I think uh, stripping is considered "quote unquote" sex work by definition or whatever. But when some, you know, they shoot this kind of, uh, you know, more sexual, sensual thing than when a male does. Well, and it's I, not I even it that. It's not even just that. If you just just look at Wonder Woman and Justice League, right? Totally. And how those two directors shot <laughs> Gal Gadot. Yeah. And it's night and day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, how to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World. Next. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, apparently, fine. This actually, is, I really liked it, but it's it's you know it's not really notable. Did, did, wasn't this you and me, Jeremy, on the on the? I thought you saw this with me. Uh-uh, I, I, well, if I did, was it, it I, you and me? On the I uh, maybe I did write on this. I don't. I, it's hard for me sometimes to remember which ones I wrote on, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it could have been. Okay. Um, I I I I don't remember much about it other than they. Are, I think I did write on this. They're trying to move their. Uh, they're trying to move that uh, town, and that's. Yeah, that's all. I, I, I love these movies. I think uh, looking back, this will be an underappreciated franchise. Uh, the first one I think is groundbreaking for DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. I think it was really the first great. Oh, we can make emotional, meaningful movies too. Uh, animated movie that the, that they did, mm-hmm. and uh, and then two was really good, not quite as good as one. And then this one is, I think, really well done. It suffers from trying to stuff too many characters into the movie, which and a lot of these sequels do. And but, it's Wally all over again at, at some yes, point. Yes, yes, there is that as well. So, but I enjoy it. I just, you know, there's not really a lot to it. Yeah, uh, the Lego Movie Two, the second part. I talk about fucking forgettable. Yeah. yeah, I've seen this movie twice, and I still don't remember anything <laughs> about it. Yeah, <laughs> I just know it reduced Batman, like Lego Batman, to rubble. Yes, like, in terms of everything that was good about him in the first Lego movie and in Lego Batman, and they just made him an idiot. This yeah. one changes the 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 narrator, the storyteller, to the sister, mm-hmm. and that could be something really interesting. But I don't know if it got there really but here's the weird part we already know the twist from the end of the first one and yet they kind of try to hide it in this one again yeah they do it's it's weird to me just like embrace it if you're if you know we know what's going on here make it an actual part of the movie Mm -hmm. i don't know it was that was a little weird well i don't think we're lord and miller actively hands-on for this one like they were with the first one i don't think so i think they may have been producers i don't think they directed it they were off trying to make han solo yeah yeah um but yeah forgettable is right like i I, that's i don't remember much 
Which is other funny. than that, <laughs> there's a there's a song called "The Song That Gets Stuck Inside Your Head." Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that I can barely remember that song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Secret Life of Pets Two. Only Barrett has seen this. Speak. I mean, it it sucks. Hot I, garbage. Yeah, it does. It's three different stories that are loosely tied into each other, passed off as like a like a feature thing, and this will be really really forgettable like uh, it, people have probably already forgotten that this movie was made all right including good. me <laughs> all right even though i'm talking about it right uh now. the only person who's seen the upside is aaron Ooh. yeah we don't need to spend a lot of time it's on here because it made more than 100 million which i think was a huge surprise mm-hmm. um you know is this it's, that cranston thing yeah brian yeah. cranston and um kevin hart kevin hart uh and it's fine but my understanding i don't think i've seen the original oh the original's fantastic that's what i've heard Mm -hmm. and i and that's what i was like oh i should go watch the original and i still haven't done it yeah but um but yeah it it was fine and cranston's great by the way he's such a great actor Mm -hmm. i think he elevates this quite a bit yeah uh knives out no this is the a movie that has the distinction for me of being i think the only movie i've seen in theaters three times oh yeah nice yeah um and and not because i i was just like i gotta go see that again it was just like i watched it and then barrett was like i'm gonna go see that and i was like hmm it was right i want to see that again and then uh and then i went to uh uh, see my family in arkansas and uh, they were like uh you want to see what movies do you want to see and they threw out like jumanji and all this stuff and i was like well i've seen jumanji don't like that i've seen knives out twice i will see that again yeah <laughs> and so that's what we ended up watching and my mom liked it awesome. and that was exciting and everybody in my family loved it it's got wide appeal because it's got something for everyone. It's got the big audacious performances. It's got the whodunit aspect. It's got the humor. It's got the visuals that are... My favorite part of this movie is where Ryan Johnson switches to handheld when uh, Ana de Armas is walking yes, out of the... Yes, With the family's all crazy. What a choice, right? And then all of a sudden, like, it gets all squiggly vision and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's little details like that that makes this movie endlessly rewatchable. I fucking love it. My 11-year-old son watched it with me mm-hmm. and he loved it yeah yeah i uh, feel like your son's been 11 for like four years he's about to turn 12 well, next right. uh, week next at least he's weeks. aging <laughs> at, at some rate he's, no he's doing that benjamin button thing <laughs> you keep him smiling <laughs> yeah uh i think anna de Armas was uh, snubbed for oscar i would agree with that uh and uh she's she is the glue on this movie which is amazing considering how many how many great stars are in it um but i it's it's been a while since i've seen a movie this fun this this uh i don't know a, a, the john wick was the probably the funnest experience i had in a movie theater and this would have to be right up there with yeah, it yeah uh and i didn't have the same group experience with yeah. knives out but uh i guess well, the family well, that was a good that was a good experience but God, I love this movie so much. Me too. I do as well. Uh, it is uh, my favorite movie of the year, which is different, you know, than the best movie of the year. But as far as like one, I always consider that question like, "What's your favorite?" To be, if you had them all in front of you, which one are you most excited to put in right now and watch, just because you love watching mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. And that's Knives Out for me of the movies this year. I just I have so much fun with it. Benoit Blanc is one of my favorite new characters invented in such a long time i'm so excited that they're going to do more uh, benoit blanc stuff yeah, there was a, there's t- a there's, hole in my a, 
donut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a yeah that was exciting. I saw that uh, that article uh, two or three weeks ago that said that he was th- he was already trying to write that second one. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I, there were there was talk about maybe uh, Daniel Craig doing a different accent in every movie. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I like that, but that's definitely interesting. <laughs> I don't think it was Ryan Johnson that came up with it. It was somebody on Twitter awesome. who said something. Like he he's, like, he's like uses the accent to get the information he wants for the case yeah. that he's doing. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of fascinating. That would yeah. be beautiful. Yeah. That would be beautiful. Yeah. Like a linguistic Columbo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It will be interesting to see if he finally falls on the side of just doing that, or just we we want to give people what they want. He's yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, yeah, Knives Out. I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. You want some more cookies? <laughs> <laughs> My uh, family is now using that as shorthand, like quoting it all the time. Oh yeah. You want some more cookies? <laughs> uh, a movie that's just as good. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> I just watched part of this last night. Yeah. And then I got bored and turned it off. Yeah, it's a mm. snooze fest. I do like the colors in this. I like the mood of it more so than any other monster movie that I've seen it recently. It feels like 95% of the movie is shot of a scientist saying something. Shot of a monster doing something. Shot of a scientist saying something. Shot of a monster. Just dude, over seriously, this over. movie pissed me off oh so much. <laughs> the the The... Uh, the whole thing where like monsters are about to fight and we're like, oh, hell yeah, we're about to see some monsters fight, god damn it. And then it cuts to somebody, they're about to fight. <laughs> oh my god. And, 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 and it's like it's always going back and cutting to the shitty humans yep. in this whole thing. And we don't give a fuck what happens to them. And all they're doing is looking out of windows. Yeah. look. And it's like, I understand. Oh, my God, Zilla. I understand that you probably didn't have the money to make it where the monsters are front and center for most of the movie, but... Then don't make that movie. But don't make the movie, then. <laughs> we had, they had to, because they had already made Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. and they have to get this whole thing they rolling. Had to, you have to get it rolling, man. You have to. They hey, haven't gotten it rolling. Every mega franchise has its Thor uh, Dark World. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> you gotta, so. have, you gotta break a, a few Thor Dark Worlds if you want to make a endgame souffle. <laughs> Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, on to Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Um, what a delight. Yeah, it's a fun movie. What a delight. I've seen this twice, at least, maybe more. Kid's a big Pokemon fan. Mm-hmm. It's delightful. Yeah, it's great. More so than yeah, I thought delightful. it was going to be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I think Ryan Reynolds just brightens up everything that he's in. Part of the reason I did enjoy Hobbs and Shaw was the sudden Ryan Reynolds. Oh, um, there you go. And especially because I didn't even know he was in the movie. That was like a, a surprise kind of fun thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think he's he brightens this up quite a bit yeah. and makes it a lot of fun. Uh, the third in the M. Night Shyamalan Unbreakable series, Glass. Fuck off. Yeah, I was talking in the movie. By yeah. the way, not you I guys. I was already given the double finger, <laughs> and it was, and, it, and you, you have the right to tell me to fuck off for even bringing glass up. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, remember back when Unbreakable came out, and we were like, oh, it'd be awesome if he came out with a sequel to that, yeah. and then he comes out with Split, yeah. and Split's okay, yeah, and now Glass, which is less than okay. I feel I, like we overinflated how good. Split split well it's understandable though right no one has ever done a surprise backdoor sequel before am i wrong in saying that like that's quite a trick to pull off yeah where at the end of the movie you reveal guess what this is a sequel to the movie you love like mind blown i i can't think of a theater experience more uh energizing 
to me that I've ever had. I remember you moment. came out of it and you private messaged me see or see split as soon as you can and less than two hours later it was spoiled for me yeah oh. yeah i one I of my first thoughts one of my first thoughts was for you yeah and i didn't want to give it away but i i was trying to figure out how to emphasize to you please <laughs> get there so you can you have this experience to embargo yourself on twitter <laughs> these I, you know, if you're gonna see a movie just stop being on twitter you guys are misunderstanding when i i have spoiled myself by reading too much for sure but both in that instance and with Rise of the Skywalker, people have sent me emails or private messages on Reddit seeming to be, hey, Jeremy, a big time fan, blah, 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 raise a Palpatine. All of Internet. Yeah, but see, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't go off the Internet. Uh, so I think it's understandable because of that moment, that energizing moment mm. that we all elevated it to, to more than it was. I still think Split's an OK movie. Mm. Uh, I like Glass more than you guys do. I don't think it's a great movie. Mm. Um, There's a I, movie I would like to see a female director shoot. Sure. Is Split because that movie makes me uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Even Glass makes me uncomfortable with the young girls in tight clothes yes. being like the camera work is a little uncomfortable there a couple mm. of not i'm not saying m night's a pervert mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the thing for me is i think m night and again this doesn't make the movie great but i think it, it maybe explains what it is m night made the movie he always wanted to make this he for him it never was about the same things i don't think as it was for the people who loved these movies as superhero movies. They were never really superhero movies to him. They were character studies. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the character study he wanted to do on these characters. And so even though it's ridiculous the way that David Dunn dies is ridiculous, to him that means something. You know, that symbolizes something to him. So I think he made the movie he wanted to make. He wanted to make a shitty movie. <laughs> I think mm. you and, could take it that you know way, what? yes. He's laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. Because that it movie did, made a it bunch did, of money. I just wish, he funded it himself. I wish the whole Sarah Paulson thing wasn't a part. I wasn't uh, even dreamed of in this movie. Yep. I hate. I hate secret organizations mm. who are you know who are who are Just out there that that are like we know there there's superheroes out there. We want to put an end to that. Shot right. As soon as this guy walks out of that restaurant, we're gonna have the secret meeting. Oh my god, that's the, maybe one of the dumbest scenes of the year. Probably. Wait, wait for it. Okay, he's gone. Like, How did that fucker get in there? <laughs> Dude, put somebody on the door. Dude, I was so confused at that scene when I first saw it because because she he touches her and usually he sees somebody committing a crime of some sort. But all this is is a fucking gathering. <laughs> There's no crime there. I mean, yeah, she's doing some evil shit. But why that one? Yeah, like show show her doing evil shit, not getting a restaurant meeting together <laughs> um uh once upon a time in hollywood oh yeah did anybody else like this as much as i do this is my number three of the i year. probably liked it as much as you oh it's so good and yeah. i'm not usually a quentin guy i like mm. inglorious bastards uh quite a bit for actually much many of the same reasons i like like this i like his alternative history idea i think that's really interesting to see his uh, his ability to make movies movies are a time machine to him he like legitimately feels like he can not only go back in time and experience what it was like to be in a different time but also change the things that he wants to change like that's a fascinating concept mm -hmm. to me yeah and uh and i think there's i think there's more hope and joy and beauty in this movie than i've ever seen him put in his movies before wow it's yeah i really love this yeah movie. i, I too. agree with you 
I did too. And there, and there are, there are parts that probably don't need to be as long as they are and whatever, but yeah, I, I, I really got into the whole, like him parodying and, and sending a love letter to this era in film and everything. Uh, the way he, the way DiCaprio has to take that, do that one take so many times and, and, uh, all the, this the, movie's funny. There's so many, yeah, so many funny mm-hmm. things in it. And Julia uh, Butters is, great and hilarious the the girl yeah she's that, fantastic oh, she's so oh, great yeah, yeah, yeah. now mm-hmm. they're gonna make that television show for real oh really yeah because i know that he shot like a bunch of footage for that mm-hmm. just to, that tv show in the movie yeah and i guess he got excited about making that yeah that's what that's how tarantino is <laughs> yep like i wouldn't be Let's surprised just keep going, if, guess. i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if the movies the movie trailers we saw in there would be something that he'd want to make right yeah. you know um that yeah that ranch scene is pure Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's so tense, so beautifully done. It just owns you for like twenty minutes. Well, because we don't know who this Brad Pitt character is yeah. in the story of Charles Manson and everything. Right. Anything can happen. Exactly. There. And it's not one of those where you're like, oh yeah, I remember a classic death happened at this ranch yeah. or whatever. It's nothing like that. So you sit there and go, it could be anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the beauty of it. You see this? Mm-hmm. You saw this? Okay. What did you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm think I'm, I'm think I'm having a Tarantino problem lately because the last uh, he's just, they've just been waning for me ever since uh, 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 Jamie Fox. Oh, Django? Django. Yeah, I didn't really dig Hateful Eight. Yeah. I can see that. I think it's just it's. Uh, I, I need to. I need to go do something and come back. <laughs> I think. I think this movie's better than Django and better than Hateful Eight. Oh, for sure. Um, and and it gets close to Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, I need to watch it. But again. not. It's not. It's not Inglorious Bastards either. I don't think. Yeah, it didn't hook me. Um, I need to give it another shot. Uh, okay. So Shazam. Mm-hmm. good good movie i i saw it last night <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, uh probably it's not a part of the dceu right um or does that even exist ish. anymore they wink at batman and superman pretty yeah, hard they, that movie. no 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 i but the current dc like the justice league dceu they I made think anybody con- knows what that is okay. yeah they made a conscious choice not to tie it in directly well, with God henry cavill him. Um, okay. th- there was be. talk about having him do that cameo. They're going to put um, but... The Rock in a Black Adam villain spinoff, and then mm. they're going to have The Rock and Shazam probably anchor, maybe with Reeves Batman moving forward. Down with it. Down with it. Yeah, I thought Zachary Levi was really fun. really good. He's really good. Now, I didn't, I didn't see uh, the Sins video on this, mm. um, but did you guys make a comparison to Big in this at all? Uh, yeah, I was so busy. I'm, I'm sure recreating the director's the, the, the movie is sin. big yeah. essentially, oh, yeah. and there's even a keyboard. Yeah, that was a, me and you. Yeah, yeah. There was even a keyboard. I think we mentioned it in the yeah, keyboard. Yeah, yeah. We, we totally because uh, that's the uh, where uh, Mark Strong punches him out the window, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we totally did. Something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, you know, I bet they said something about it. It has to be because this movie is big all over again. And yes, Zachary Levi does a great 14 year old kid does, in this. Yeah. yeah. You know. Did we make a it's it's like big without the statutory rape joke? Is that <laughs> oh yeah? Did we did make they, that joke? Like is there any confirmation <laughs> they actually slept together in big? Uh, they were in separate the, beds. He they goes were... on the top bunk. Yeah, I never got he the impression the they actually slept together, or he would have he, he said gets, something gets, about he gets, it. He gets to touch a boob. No, 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 no. They don't sleep together that night, but they sleep together later on. Oh, maybe you're right. Yes, because I saw it. Uh, that is recently. problematic. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, multiple times. All right. You mean multiple orgasms? Yep. Yes. Both. Yes. Okay. Yes, for sure. 
Um, I'm going to kind of skip over Dumbo and Maleficent Mr. Thank you. Yeah. No, no worries <laughs> about that. Uh, when we did this, uh, episode yesterday, I was a dumbass and forgot <laughs> Ford V Ferrari mm. on the podcast. I was going, I saw it and I was like, we're going to get to that at some point. <laughs> and I must've just gone directly underneath it. Mm. Uh, when we went back, because I was kind of going back and forth. I didn't want it to be a whole bunch of box office hits, then a whole bunch of Oscars. Right, right, right. And then, back, you know, I wanted to sort of mix it all up. So I kept going back and forth on this list, mm. and I was doing pretty good, except for the fact that I didn't do Ford v. Ferrari <laughs> and the whole thing. So anyway, Ford v. Ferrari is a very good movie. James Mangold directed it. It's It's awesome. Matt Damon and Christian Bale are great in it. And I went and uh, made sure I got Aaron Dicer's thoughts. He was the only other person in the room who had seen it anyway. Uh. And uh, he said, uh, I really liked it. I think Mangold trusts the audience in ways I really appreciate. I love how Bale is transformative, even in normal roles. He's an incredible actor. And he is. He's fantastic in this. He's, he's, he, he, he has a way of playing an everyman. Where you're just like you, you don't really see Christian Bale really hmm. in the in the performance and everything. He's British in this, right? Uh, I think so. I think so. Yes. You don't see a lot of British Christian Bale, you know? No, you don't. And it's good to see British Christian. Yeah, prestige Bale. is good. Yeah, Christian exactly. Bale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I had to mention that because I thought it was a glaring omission <laughs> from the entire uh, year in review. So on to the static. <laughs> let me let me get to the wild cards and i'll go with yours first uh book smart yeah, yeah baby mm -hmm. that's this held my number one slot uh almost all the way up until 1917 yeah. um it's just i've watched it like six times now the, the those two girls have such good chemistry even the part that was in the trailer when she's picking her up in the beginning of the movie from school and she starts dancing and they're both dancing. She's like, are we even going to go to school or what? <laughs> I just love it, love it, love it. It's super funny, super charming. Uh, it's short, not a big commitment. Mm -hmm. uh, and and to, from what I can tell, no one in the world has seen this movie. Yeah, that's crazy. So get out there and go watch it. The, uh, the side characters are, are, my, are some of my favorites too, oh, especially like the, the dude that hosts the murder mystery party. <laughs> I mean, from the very beginning, he comes in to make that announcement. He's like, I uh, I learned this when I was in Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Booksmart, too. Um, I uh, I uh, need to watch it again, though. Um, oh, so good. But I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Apollo 11. Yeah. Ooh. Snub. Yeah. So I, I will just say this. I think I figured it out. Because they snubbed uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor mm -hmm. last year, or whichever one it is. I, there's... Welcome. Oh no no no, Mister! How to get ahead? Beautiful in day in the neighborhood. Which one's which? With puppets. <laughs> Anyways, the <laughs> documentary. Won't you be my neighbor? Is the documentary? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I was right. Okay, so they snubbed the documentary last year, and yeah. I think what it is is whoever's nominating these documentaries, they want that like social, meaningful kind of stuff. There's nothing socially meaningful about the Apollo Eleven documentary. Ooh. It's just incredibly made you know archival filmmaking yeah, right yeah so i don't know i think i think that's what it is because I, I think I, the biggest miracle of apollo 11 was that that footage was just fucking sitting around somewhere in yeah. like a box mm -hmm. and somebody found it and was like oh this exists yeah. oh we'll put it out there um yeah um queen and slim yeah anybody seen that i yet? haven't seen yeah, it i've seen it you liked it i did i didn't love it i didn't either uh it played too conventional for me once but it has a killer setup 
Uh, great actors. Uh, ready or not? Yeah, ready or not. This fun. is fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Super. What fun. a surprise! This is a good. This would be a good uh, double feature with Knives Out. Ooh. Well, I I Ooh. was thinking Parasite is also yeah. very oh, similar. Yeah, like all yeah, three yeah. of these really kind. Of, we talk about that Eat the Rich thing. All yeah. three of them are Eat the Rich kind of movies. Like it's it's really interesting. So yeah, yeah it's been that year. Also, yeah. that girl could not look more like Margot Robbie if she tried. And Samara I know it, it's not Margot Robbie, but yeah. uh, forever I'm going to confuse her with Margot Robbie. She's poised for like a big breakout if she's not already, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you just put her in the right movie. I yeah. think the, I think she'll skyrocket, but she's quietly had this already pretty good career mm-hmm. and everything. But Ready or Not is real fun. Yeah, I got to see that. Um, see that. And uh, uh, The Kid Who Would Be King, which I I didn't give a time of day. I remember seeing the trailer. Um, I didn't want to see this movie at all. No. Well, he, your life will not be changed by watching this movie. <laughs> but it's super charming. And uh, the the kid actor is it's uh, <clears throat> Andy Serkis's son. Oh, OK. Uh, and he's really charming. Uh, and it's just kind of a, a play on the King Arthur and modern. It's, you know, Connecticut kid and King Arthur's court or what have you. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Sorry. I thought you got that. <laughs> um, and he's, you know, he basically comes to believe he's actually the true heir to Arthur. Um, and uh, I just, I had a lot of, did you see this? I loved it. I thought it was really fun. I think this is a really, you know, what's interesting about it is that it kind of presents itself as just this typical family movie oh, about King Arthur. And it's got almost this real subversive sense of humor it to it. And then I was like, oh, it's Joe Cornish, which, you know, makes, makes a little bit of sense. Uh, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. And it, it takes some turns I wasn't expecting. And, and the kid that plays Merlin, uh, Patrick Stewart plays old Merlin, but the kid who plays young trying to blend in merlin is hysterical i don't know what if i've seen him in anything before this but yeah he's, he's really funny well hmm. i'll have to give that a, sh- a try sometime sometime i would still recommend paddington 2 ahead of this okay but uh they're Agreed. both great yeah um <laughs> going on to barrett's uh wild cards we have always be my maybe Ooh, this yeah. was this was a lot of fun it was and randall park plays uh, a very uh, untraditional protagonist, mm-hmm. Chris like, and I's buddy, Randall Park. Uh, yeah, right. man, we we, we hung we out with Randall, man. With him, Dude, man. the the and music Constance, woo. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the the music in this movie is surprisingly really, 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 really good. Mm-hmm. And of course, Keanu steals the show, but it's just top to bottom good. Uh, Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Sleep, which is a movie that I thought was a masterpiece for an hour, and then sucked <laughs> this is yeah. this it's a frustrating movie right because mm-hmm. boy is there promise there yeah. yeah there's a lot of promise that that scene in the mind library where there's the twist or whatever uh-huh. is blew me away kind of mm-hmm. well rebecca ferguson will blow you away with yeah. her whole performance mm-hmm. i'll rewatch this even though i know where to stop it yeah <laughs> just because uh that last half hour as we've said is is just not what what appeals to us but Rebecca Ferguson throughout this movie is spectacular. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, mid- you would like this just for her, I think. I do like me some Rebecca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Midsummer. I saw this in Vegas, and I had a bad experience in my uh, auditorium. This was not weed related. Uh, it, this was this was people being assholes related. Uh, I can't that, imagine, too. Yeah, it's uh, the fucking people just talking and just saying random shit to each other with not even whispering. No, and this is not this is like the worst movie for that to happen because there's so much going on, especially in the background. 
uh, William, uh, the the guy who plays Cheedy on Good Place. Oh, William Jackson, Jackson Harper. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got some of the funniest lines in the, the movie's fucking funny. He's got some of the funniest lines in the movie, but it's as he's off screen or walking off screen. I was not expecting how much of a comedy this actually is. Oh, it's yeah, so good. It is. I love this movie so much, and it's only growing in my estimation. And I it's love brilliant filmmaking. Yeah. I it, love it. Really is. Uh, Florence Pugh. I, this is a great year for her. She's poised for a big breakout. She, absolutely. Did and you the, see Fighting with My Family? I haven't seen. She's that. great in that too. That's a surprisingly good movie. Yeah, it it, it actually makes me semi excited about this Black Widow movie because she's playing mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson's sister. And like you throw in Emmy Rossum in there, you have the smoky voice tr- uh, trio there. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, but uh, Florence Pugh is great in this. I I keep talking about how in this movie. I just felt like she was so real. She didn't feel like an actress or anything. Mm-hmm. Just felt like a real person that, you know, that you run into all the time. And this movie, I will give a second shot, second chance, because I had a bad experience watching it. I could see the brilliance, though, when I saw it. It's just that it wasn't, I was sitting there just annoyed and worried about other things. You talk about daytime horror. Yeah. This is the daytimiest daytime horror there is. Like, it is it is sunshine, and, all you know, it's all right there for good and bad. It is, yeah. No, it's it's just, uh, it, it has something for everyone. If you're a horror movie fan, it has something for you. If you like comedy, if you like drama, like, you talk about real, like, she goes through every emotion imaginable in mm-hmm. this. Well, and you know, I'm, the thing that always gets me is metaphor, and this movie is full yes. of symbolism and metaphor. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to really race through these. Uh, the Perfection, maybe the fucked up, most fucked up movie of the year. I, I liked The Perfection. I yeah. liked it a I lot. I really, really did. Uh, yesterday, I never saw this. Surprisingly good. Because yeah. it's it's more than just the one note of him remembering the Beatles. Uh, mm-hmm. There's one twist in here uh, that I think is absolutely brilliant. This is Danny Boyle kind of getting back to being danny boyle Mm -hmm. oh danny boyle (laughs) um now on to my wild cards happy death day to you yeah i thought this was a lot of fun it is fun what a surprise it's actually maybe possibly better than the first one it takes it in a completely unexpected direction yeah right yeah Yeah, i was not expecting that i love that uh and nobody watched it and (laughs) we're not gonna see the third movie yeah which is really sad but i i thought this was a, a movie that was really fun and deserved mention uh long shot uh this did you see this Mm -hmm. also called cum shot cum shot yes (laughs) um uh i i understand what you guys are saying like by the end of the movie that you know that where she is basically saying yeah i'm dating seth rogan yeah you know yeah cheddar bob shut his (laughs) son i understand that but i i really i really enjoyed it for the most part like I, all the I way agree. through I yeah agree. it's one of the movies I, I use as an example of how charlize elevates material she is so good in this movie mm-hmm. and I, I can't think of the last time i saw her be bad in something like she's She's yeah. so great. Yeah. She makes movies like, you know, Longshot or Atomic Blonde, like actual or The good Devil's movies. Advocate. Or The Devil's yeah, Advocate. The Devil's Advocate. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and I don't think we ever talked about Bombshell, but I didn't really like that movie very much, but you guys kind of did. I, yeah, I kind of like Bombshell. Um, uh, Honey Boy, which was uh, Shia LaBeouf sort of trying to make a comeback, but uh, Lucas Hedges is really good in it. And uh, I mean, it's a sort of a theme we've been seeing lately of people having some sort of experience with 
putting their own life experiences into a movie. Yeah, it's kind of like autobiopic. Yeah, you know, like it's it's interesting in that way. Yeah, uh, the lighthouse deserves mention, <laughs> even though it's a crazy fucking ass movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I love it. Yeah. Oh no, you've you've gone from I don't know what's going on within the span of like three hours. Yeah, yeah. lots of, <laughs> lots of uh, lots of squelching. I'll tell you what. <laughs> before before we move on, this this has some of the most like horrifying imagery. One of the shots of Willem Dafoe towards the end is absolute nightmare fuel, mm-hmm. but it's also gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you can't you may like this movie. Yeah. you can't get it out of your head. Um, see Midsummer before you see the lighthouse. Oh, uh, I guess never. Oh my God, Jesus! What a double feature. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, and then the report, which was on uh, Amazon Prime. Great year uh, Adam for Adam Driver, Driver right? Yeah, Adam Driver's great in this. This is, this is uh, the uh, the investigation into whether or not we tortured people after the Iraq War, and we did. We did. Um, Aaron's yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. You didn't hear how World War II ended. We won! Yay! USA! USA! On to Aaron's wild cards. Uh, Alita Battle Angel. I think it was worth talking about just for the fact that this is one of those movies that builds a world I am very interested in, but doesn't necessarily do it well enough mm-hmm. um and man i would love to see a sequel to this just to see if they can get it better you know get it right because i love this world building here is it uh well it's a spoiler but it's sudden edward norton at the end right yeah they, they're ob- they were obviously looking for a franchise i just don't know if it you I know hope they do too did you seen this yeah i wrote this i wrote sins with oh, today right. this is um for whatever reason i have this and mortal engines on this in a very <laughs> similar place oh interesting and in that I didn't feel like uh, this is way better, I think, than Mortal Engines. Yeah. But I didn't feel like either one of those movies did enough to set up their world building to compel me to care very much. Uh, you know, if they made a sequel, fine, but uh, they're not going to. Yeah, no, I don't think they will. Um, a movie that I definitely will have to give a second chance: Ad Astra, which I w- thought was good for the most part. I was confused in some other parts, and uh, and then there were some things, some odd additions to it that I didn't really like either. But uh, I'm hearing a, I'm, I'm hearing a, a lot of people uh, who seem to like this movie a lot. I think critically, it's really getting a lot of this is the underlooked movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of critics are saying not enough people are paying attention to Ad Astra. And I understand that. It, I definitely loved it. Uh, for me, a lot of that was the metaphor of God and man and, you know, religion. And a lot of these moments that, that take people out of the movie where he's, you know, giving his stats, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. To me, right off the bat felt like. Uh, legalistic rote church you know like these are the prayers that are like thank you god for this day here's the list of things i want you know that kind of stuff and then he moves on through the movie and he suddenly learns to talk to his father as a human being and then he gets to his father and realizes his father wasn't all he was cracked up to be i mm-hmm. truly think this is a movie about somebody losing their faith mm-hmm. uh and understanding that their foundation is no longer in their faith in a heavenly father but uh, in humanity itself. So I, I found it fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, then we have Klaus, which was funny. Jeremy mentioned this movie. It came on, was it Disney Plus? Well, the- Netflix. Netflix. Netflix, okay. And when he mentioned this, I had no idea it was going to be like, Oh, possibly an Academy Award nominee. Or well, something. it won. It won the uh, the big animation films that happened this this last week. It won animated movie of the year. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, Toy Story's going to be good. The Oscars. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Triple Frontier, which was Netflix. I didn't see that. <laughs> Fuck that movie. That movie. I liked it. <laughs> oh God, I did movie not. Can eat a dick. 
I feel like that was six movies. They shot all six of them and they edited it down to one. And uh, well, I liked all six movies. I thought they were fun. The final wild card was Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah, I have to get a shout out at least for Tom Hanks's performance. And I don't think we have time for your bonuses. That's fine. I'll just I'll just say see Dark Water, see Fighting with My Family, see Loose, see the Peanut Butter Falcon, and see Waves. Waves is great. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, you've seen Waves. I've seen Waves. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I I must have not marked it on this, but I saw Waves. At, yeah, see uh, the those movies. Board. Those are okay, great. Okay, so. Moment of truth, guys. What's our favorite movie? Who's going first? Uh, Go, Barrett. Uh, I think I'm torn between two things. I'm going to say Jojo Rabbit. Uh, It's it's my heart pick. Mm. I'm I'm torn between my head and my heart, but I'm going to say Jojo Rabbit. I'm wrong on one prediction already. All right. (laughs) Jeremy? I'm going to go Parasite. Okay. And I'm correct on that prediction because I, <laughs> I knew I was going to go Parasite. Oh, nice. Very, very close between Parasite and 1917. I think 1917 is a better technical film, um, but Parasite is just so inventive uh, story-wise and how it's shot, uh, the structure. I just, I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Aaron? I'm going Knives Out. Knives uh, out. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, it is not only my favorite movie of the year. I, I do think it's the best movie of the year. I think it's a perfect film. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's that's what I go with. Wow. I did not expect, because th- it, it does come down to me, guys. We yeah. will have a winner after this. <laughs> uh, but I, I did not expect to be that final vote, actually. <laughs> um, uh, it, it is between Parasite and Knives Out for me. I've seen Knives Out more. Uh, I have been saying Parasite's the best this whole time, so I'm going to go with Parasite. That's a great choice. Wow! I I guessed wrong for everyone. I think that's the correct pick. That was my head pick. I did too. That was my number two. These are my top three, is JoJo, Parasite, and Knives Out. I thought you would go Knives, you would go 1917, and that you would go whatever, whatever I'm forgetting. Oh, 1917. I predicted that you two wouldn't win. I wouldn't have gone to 1917 till my fifth. I think. Wow. Yeah. 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 Why I would have put Once Upon a Time above bad there. Taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to see uh, Parasite again, but c- when I've made when I made my early before 2019 ended uh, top five or whatever, uh, Parasite was sitting right there. I've seen Knives Out twice since that list and everything so like it's not it's not fair that it gets you know two more viewings and everything and then parasite doesn't uh but i would have been fine with knives out as well so yeah knives out parasite 1917 any of those would have made me happy Mm. yeah yeah all right well that'll do it for this week what did you think was the best movie of this year i'm sure we'll get a few comments no on everybody this. agrees no no nope. everybody knows the parasite's best everybody's seen parasite and the, and for the sure. joker's awful everybody yeah, agrees that's right everybody agrees with that uh go to syncast presented by cinema sins on facebook uh we also have a cinema sins twitter music video sins twitter we're on soundcloud we're also on discord if you want to get on discord you can go to our reddit page and find a link on the right side of that or you can go to facebook and private message me and i will give you a link there Woo. uh aaron yeah. where can people find you lots of different places uh if you like sins content which i think you do <laughs> uh we have a podcast called behind the sins that myself 
Danae Hughes and Jonathan Watkins. Uh, we call ourselves the B Team, and uh, we talk about the videos that came out the last week and have some fun talking about that stuff. So that's behind the sins. Mm. Uh, you can search for that. I also do a lot of movie reviews as a movie critic uh, through Sifpop, uh, which is s i f t p o p dot com, and uh, you can find my Twitter there, everything else there with the movie stuff. So yeah, nice. Yep. yep, and we also have a Patreon, and uh, Sin Week is coming in March, and uh, this uh, episode drops in february mm-hmm. uh what is the price for somebody who wants a ticket to sin week you, in february you can still get tickets but you only have like a week left uh the deadline is february 19th i believe which will give us enough time to get you your t-shirt so a couple of weeks when this one comes out right just about yeah yeah, yeah. uh so yeah you have a couple of weeks uh after that uh, yeah after just this. a couple weeks to get a ticket and uh, we'd still love to see you see you there but even if you don't come to sin week sin week is for all of our members mm-hmm. uh and you can be a member as low as three bucks a month at patreon uh, it's patreon.com slash uh cinema sins yeah and uh once you're a member there's all sorts of fun Stuff, there'll so be you, three extra videos for yeah. people who woo-hoo, are woo-hoo. Uh, uh who want to experience some sin week and we have uh, we'll have a lot of our stuff that we do will be on the video and everything yeah we're, we're live streaming our mm-hmm. podcast recordings that week so um so yeah well, that'll do it for this week it's chris atkinson jeremy scott barrett share and aaron dicer we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and Reddit, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. But now I'm better. I'm all better now. I got better. Yeah. <laughs> she turned me into a newt. Personally, I'm, I'm glad you didn't pass out. I think that you know what? Have... I'm a fan myself. How brilliant is that line, by the way? And then that line reading that <laughs> that she turned me into a newt. And it's not I changed back. No. It's I got, I got better. better. <laughs> that is fucking genius. <laughs> we'll just keep talking about Frozen 2. Yeah. <laughs> well, like we did the mini pod and I I would forgotten about the five elements thing which is which is interesting right because it's the it's the key when you think of this movie and the plot and the story it's not very typical which is fine if you want to do something a little atypical that's fine but like who's the villain you know what is the protagonist trying to accomplish what is the climax Mm -hmm. all those questions don't have easy answers in this movie Mm -hmm. um and the elements i think are supposed to be thematically what we're supposed to be paying attention to Mm -hmm. the idea that that elsa is realizing how she's connected to the elementals mm-hmm. and that she is the fifth element it's very much yeah the fifth element. Well, and that was the thing like that's something that i would normally just be picking up on but like i had forgotten about the five element thing after they told the initial story and then they went they got to the island i had com- that had completely <laughs> been yeah. erased from my mind yeah uh because i i because they didn't really make that like in the fifth element they're always talking about right all, right all these elements but in that movie it seemed like they said all right we told you about these elements but there's only one that you really care about and the uh, i didn't think that they would come back into play in the movie like the water horse and all of that other stuff that came up i gotta go take a pee yeah the water horse is uh the water horse the chameleon and the wind the wind is one of them too so it's hard to make wind a character yeah you know so i wasn't even making that happening did that that's true that's true so i wasn't even making those connections watching the movie because i was like because i had forgotten about that that very brief 
moment that they talked about the five elements and like putting that fifth one in you know yeah it's and, another it's another backdoor uh backdoor sequel from m night uh <laughs> frozen 2 is actually a sequel to uh the happening nice so. nice i tell you what did, did i tell you about the halsey orgy video no we just did uh so the new halsey video is her it's a super sad song it's called you should be sad and it's about her breakup with with Geezy, with G Easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you, you think it's like a ballad almost, but it's like country uh, tinged. Mm-hmm. And so the video naturally has her going to this uh, underground barn orgy. Okay. And and I'm doing interested. orgy stuff like rubbing and and nestling and stuff. I like rubbing and nestling. Yeah, the whole thing is just a, like an orgy, like a hay orgy, mm-hmm. like a barn orgy. And it's a little. Uh, it's 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 a little unnerving. Yeah. Cuz it doesn't really go with the uh the song. Hmm. Like if it's a like a like a banger, you need think about like barn orgy. But no. Right. And the one that's an obvious one, but the one that I had forgotten about was the one where he's like, "Don't judge him on this one meeting alone." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Dignan and uh and uh, Baldwin, yeah, right? He yeah. Come, no, Dignan leaves. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Don't don't judge him on this one meeting alone." He's not always like that. <laughs> What's Dignam's thing? Like, is he is he like that with everybody, or is he just like that with? Uh, he doesn't. Costigan? He never talks like that to Martin Sheen. Not once. Yeah, but he also doesn't talk to Martin Sheen much in the movie at all. He's always he's always facing and talking to Leo. Right? He's like uh he's like the parrot on the pirate's shoulder. Like, you know, he's, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Like, like mini me, like Parker. Hey, you do what my boss says. Well, I guess he during the meeting during the meeting with uh, Damon and all those guys. He's he's a similar way, right? Like oh, he's yeah. A, yeah, he's ne- there's never once different and the, the I mean never once does he does he go away from that whole uh I'm an asshole and you <laughs> he's know just a fucking asshole, man. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's by design for his character because yeah. he's he just wants to make sure that nobody gets into that that world of his and um cuz he's uh, that's that's his biggest quality is being protective of the people who are in the in that department. Yeah. He so everybody's always asking for the the codes and who it is and all that and he's like you, you're not getting that shit. I have a little phlegm. I got oh, some flamingos. Phlegm. That's great coronavirus in the studio. <clears throat> Damn it. <laughs> and I had th- and I had done everything. I pledged the so. whole place to to get make sure that that coronavirus wasn't. I fucking love these new posters, man. New posters day Perfect. is fun. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. And I love the movie that none of us have seen. Yeah. <laughs> I there's saw a, that. There's an outside chance I've seen Godzilla 2000, but I don't remember anything about it. I mean, it's it, Japanese, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's the man in suit Godzilla. I'm, I, really? I probably saw it. Yeah. I oh. probably saw it, but I just don't. I mean, all Godzilla movies, those especially those, run together. Because the one came out in '98 with Matthew Broderick, mm-hmm. and everyone hated it. And so the original people were like, "We're going to do an an old school Godzilla." Ah, oh. so I had forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. nice. Actually, actually I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's uh. You know what's good about that movie is the colors. Well, That's and the, only the thing cast. Literally every yeah. Hollywood actor is in that movie. Vera Farmiga has this this scene where she's, you know, expositing her plan and all that stuff. And she looks really pretty in that scene. Does she have a Boston accent that's kind of bad? <laughs> mm-hmm. She's got, like, the best eyes According ever. to my goddamn standards. 